Hello, good evening, and welcome to another edition of the Cantina Mekis podcast, actually our sesquicentennial edition, episode 150. And as has been our tradition, every time we hit a, a 50 number on our podcast, we like to bring guests on, and tonight is no different. Uh, we do have a guest that is joining us this evening here on the Cantina Mekis podcast. Uh, very, very excited to uh, have this particular gentleman on. We'll introduce him here in a second, uh, but before we do that, I'll uh, introduce uh, myself. My name is John Jagu. Glad to have you with us. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's gotten to be hot again here in central Texas, uh, well over 100 degrees again today. Need to get some of that rain around here. Chiki says, I know uh, you live over in Kyle, Texas. Uh, Alberto Campa joins us from Kyle. Yes. <sighs> Chiki I'm just not. At, this is the point in the summer, Chiki where I just I can't deal with it anymore, the heat. It's just it's ridiculous. Uh, it's not, not too bad for me. I, I enjoy it. Now, what I will say about this time of year is also the, the NFL season has started, and I have, a, I have the, the, the privilege this weekend of actually producing the Spanish-language broadcast for the Dallas Cowboys uh, in their preseason match against the Cincinnati Bengals. So I'm very excited about uh, getting the opportunity to do that, which we will uh, talk about uh, probably here in a little bit as well. But let's go ahead and introduce our guest as other folks uh, climb on. I see that Joel Aceves has joined us. Joel, how are you, sir, in California? Kiwale John, doing pretty good. Glad to have you on, Joel. Joel Aceves, a Chivas fan, told us two weeks ago, three weeks ago, to go ahead and write the season off after week two. He said, no, actually, it was after week one. You said, yeah, no. Go, actually, go on loan no. to other teams. Go on loan to other teams, Chivas fans. No, I said not to expect it. Like if you're a Chivas fan, you shouldn't expect I, more I, than I, I could play than, the tape. I could play the tape, Joel. Don't make me play yes. the tape. Don't make me play the tape. But, and then remember, we were we were going through the through the schedule. And I That's said, right. And, and you said 24, last... 24 points in the last eight games, which is, is just is just not going to happen. So we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, we, we'll 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 get to that a little later. We'll get to that a little later. But we do want to introduce our, our special guest who's joining us from Tacamachalco, which is one of the one of the nicer neighborhoods there in uh, in, in the Mexico City or CDMX area. Um, Michelle Richaud joins us, a, the former sporting director of Zacatepec, uh, which is in Liga Ascenso. He's also the founder of Deportes Inc., which is a website that specializes in sports business. Uh, Mish also worked at DC United and other sports-related projects in the U.S., and he has his MBA with specialization in sports management from George Washington University, which makes him a colonial, as we all know. So we do... Uh, colonial. We do want to thank uh, Michel Richaud for joining us here this evening. Michel, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for inviting me, John. I'm pretty excited about this uh, opportunity to talk with you and uh, listen to everything that you have to say. Well, I was I was trying to get to this, and, and I want to go and play now, but I was on the wrong page. But so, so usually when we introduce guests, I always have a, a little fanfare that I'll play. So I'll go ahead and play it now. So, so Michel Richaud joins us. Now, Michel, you were the gentleman uh, uh, for, for, for Mexico fans for, for the past three years. In addition to everything that we mentioned there, you were the one that, that, that was crunching the numbers for us to, to, to give us hope, false hope, real hope about, about Mexico having the possibility of getting a World Cup seed. And you started the process uh, well immediately after the 2014 World Cup with, with, with sights on the, the ranking that mattered, which was October 2017. And I remember in September yeah. of 2017, Mexico was playing Trinidad and Tobago said there's a 97% chance 
uh, or a three percent chance that Mexico won't at least be in pot two because they they had changed the uh, the way that they were going to do it. And then Trinidad and Tobago yeah. scores a goal in San Luis Potosí, and I think everyone starts to panic because that was that three percent chance that Mexico was not going to make it. But but ultimately they did end up in uh, in pot two. So we do thank you, sir. We do thank you, sir, for your service in in, in providing that information for us. You know what? I really enjoy doing that. It was. I started doing it out of frustration, to be honest. Uh, after that horrible elimination against the Netherlands in Brazil, I, I said I need to help somehow uh, Mexico and, and the Federation to enhance our chances of going to that partido, you know. Sure. Uh, but it didn't work out well, even if uh, well with a with a new way that they put the groups. In, in the World Cup, I think it's it, it works out well to be in pot one or pot two. Pot two. Yeah, so, yeah. Frankly, a much fairer way, I thought, because there there are too many teams and, and too many parts of the of the world that that, that we're getting to be, uh, you know, the, the 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 playing field is a lot more level. So there were so many more chances of not just having one group of death, but having you know f- you know four or five groups of death. So I think that the way that the, that FIFA ended up. Deciding the and I'm, I'm guessing this is going to be how 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 it moves forward. Uh, it, it is just a much more uh, equitable way of, of of divvying the pots. You know, as long as they have their same continental rules, you know, the two European teams and 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 that's the those are the only conf- yeah. the only confederation that can uh, that can have more than one team in a group. Obviously, because they're the ones that have the most teams in the tournament. So, yeah, and, and that will be just for one more World Cup because then we've got the. 48 teams and i don't know how this, but that's going to yeah work. that's going to be that's going to be interesting it's something that we'll uh, that we will discuss uh, uh here in a minute now uh M- michelle one thing that, that we do ask all our guests uh, yeah. as they come on and so and, and, and i did not prep you for this but i know that you'll have a okay. you'll have an answer it's, it's it's not anything crazy don't worry you know we're not gonna we're not throwing you to the wolves just yet but we do want to ask i know that you're not you're an atlanta fan and yes. so we, we, we always now ask. I can say I'm proudly an Atlanta fan. Cause that's right, because you, you had you, you you couldn't say it for a year, but 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 so you were closeted yeah. for a year. But but now you you have you've yeah. taken the Azulgrana back out. You're wearing it proudly. How did that happen? How did the Sorting Hat choose Atlanta for you? Well, it was all about my dad. He he's an Atlanta fan. I think his story is better than mine. I just followed him. Um, even when when I was. I, I think three, four years old, like the, the first time I remember going to Estadio Azulgrana, which is now Estadio Azul, which is now probably never going to be a soccer game there again. But yeah, and I'm, I was a huge, huge Atlanta fan for many, many years until I stopped for about a year and now I'm like coming back again into the Azulgrana colors. And 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 do you, are you? I know that you live in Mexico City now. Uh, is is Atlanta ever going to get a chance to go back to Mexico City, or are they uh, going to be in Cancun at least for the for this foreseeable future? I sure hope, man. Uh, you know what? Atlanta has a really good fan base here in Mexico City, and really Cancun hasn't worked out for them. Uh, I've been there for a couple of games, and it's just a touristic place, and uh, the the the. The fans there don't really find passion about the team, so I hope they come back. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know if it's ever going to happen. They they have new ownership now, so maybe okay. maybe they will try to do something. Yeah. Have have you have you sent your uh, your 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 CV over to the new ownership, and and just uh-huh. and just say just, hey, I'm an Azulgrana de por vida, you know, ninth whatever whatever year the year you were born to now, and that's all you put on the CV. Would, would would that be enough to to get a gig at at Atlante? Uh, it's on my to-do list, you know. I'm just 
I'm two weeks out of uh, so I got the pick job. So now I'm trying to take things easy for a couple of weeks, and then I'm gonna be right back full force in Mexico soccer, hopefully. Well, we uh, we certainly wish you the best of luck uh, in, in 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 your in your in your endeavors to uh, to, to to find a, a a spot for you in uh in somewhere in, in Liga MX or in the or in the Federacion or in, in Ascenso or wherever it is that you may be. I know that uh, that's something that, that that is very dear to you, and it's something we want to talk about tonight. One of the reasons why we brought you on, okay. especially considering uh you know just the. Uh, some of the, the crazy things that have happened this week. I know that, that, that one of the things that you're very passionate about is, 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 is trying to figure out a way to, to help professionalize the, the, the world, not just of soccer, but, but, but the world of sport in, in, in Mexico. And, and, and what do you see, um, Michelle, as, as, as the most important step in, in, in order for Mexico to start heading in, in, in that direction? Well, I think, speaking strictly about soccer, I think the Federation has already started doing good things. I know it's pretty easy to just say that they're messing everything up and now we have this, all these things talked about in Veracruz and then we probably have something bad talking about in, in another team. But I know the Federation has done some good stuff. And I think this transition with John De Luis is going to be great because he's a, a prepared man. He's ensembled a group a good group of, of people that are really looking forward to professionalizing the, the sport. But they're, they're like these side projects that they're doing that they're a little bit behind cameras, uh, working with even the government and others like side projects. And I think that's pretty good for, for the sport in general. And in order to have like a really, real, real, real professionalization of, of the sport, we need to start with the very basics, right? We need to have like good education programs that are uh, in sports, and let's see how how things work out with the new president. So, hopefully, he'll start something uh, different in in that in that regard. Have you had a chance? Do you know uh, Yondalisa personally? Have you had a chance to meet him? I met him at the past draft in Cancun, but that's like a very brief. Hey, this is Mitch, and this is John. Hey. Right, not, not not a real conversation, but yeah, I, I mean, uh, met him. And uh, so you're saying that it needs to start, uh, you know, you know, w- 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 with the basics. And, and living here in the United States, obviously, you know, the, the sport that is king here is not, it's not soccer. It's it's certainly not baseball anymore. It's it, 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 it's football. It's American football. And uh, one of the things that we've talked about on this show is that you know the one of the reasons why football is so popular here is that yes they have their pop Warner leagues but the reality is 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 that the government subsidizes American yeah, they, football they subsidize, yeah, with uh, heavily. Like, yeah. Well, it's not just the stadiums. I mean, it's the state. You know, the stadiums and the coaches' salary. I mean, every team every year gets you know you know, get, you know they get equipment you know and and, and top notch equipment you know relatively quickly. It's you know, as far as athletic budgets for school districts, uh, football, you know, and I'm talking at the, at, at the, at the, at the intermediate and high school level, football is, is, you know, 90% of the budget and then the other sports get to divvy up the scraps. Yeah. But that doesn't seem to be the case in Mexico. There's not, uh, the, the government doesn't necessarily uh, subsidize the sport as, as much, I'm not saying as much as they could, but, but as much as, as it could be possible in, in, in order for w- w- what you're saying to start with the professionalization to. Uh, yeah, but you know what? Have. I'm going to take something back. I think, well, okay. even though that's important, I think the most important thing is to have people 
that really want this to happen and get them prepared, get them to study, get them to travel to the US or to Canada or to Europe or any other country where they are like really professionalized so they can see how things are going and then try and bring that back to Mexico. Because I was there in the States for a couple of years doing my MBA and working with DC United and you can see how like huge sports is in every area, even in a smallish team as DC United, there's a lot of people working there. And you come back here in Mexico and Zacatepec, we have very little amount of people working there because it's just a different culture. And the team and the owners and everyone needs to realize that in order to make the the sport in general better, they need to invest. And uh, it, it will only happen when enough people really try to make this happen in in Mexico. Well, I certainly don't want to don't want to hog Michelle for all the questions, so I'll throw it out to the to the panel. Uh, Joel, I know that uh, that you've been wanting to ask Michelle a couple of questions uh, about relationships that he does have. Is, is there anything particularly Joel that you want to ask uh, Michelle? Yes, were were you at Zacatepec when when Higuera took over? Yes. And I mean, how was it working with him? He seems to get a lot of attention lately. Well, yeah, I'm gonna I want to be I'm, I'll try to be really smart about my answers here. Um, uh, so Zacatepec, before it was Club Atlético Zacatepec, which is a current team in Zacatepec, they were Coras of the Peak. And that team started in, 24, in yeah, 2014. Uh, and then in last May, in May 2017, they moved the franchise to Zacatepec. So they they were there for, they've been working together, like the, the same directiva for the three years before I got there. Um, and then I was invited by, by Marcelo, Michel Leaño, who is now the, the coach for Necaxa. And then he, he got me the interview with Higuera and, and, and uh, it worked well. I mean, he, he's a guy that uh, likes the, the attention, I guess. He, he has a lot of, uh, of power with, with Chivas. He, behind the scenes, he does a lot of things with Zacatepec. Maybe he, he isn't as public with, with Zacatepec. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was super interesting. Uh, there were a lot of good things, a lot of bad things. I learned a lot, uh, working close to, to Jose Luis. Joel, did you have any, any, any other questions? Cause I, I do want to talk about your experience in Zacatepec, uh, if you don't mind Joel, and just on, on a personal note, we were, you know, we, 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 we've talked about you at the, in Zacatepec and, and me, Selfishly, I was like, man, maybe maybe Michelle can one day invite us to go down to Zacatepec and we can stay in Tequesquitengo at a nice, <laughs> yeah, nice house on nice the lake day. and go water skiing, you know, because the water is nice <laughs> and warm there. But uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, everything's warm in there. <laughs> That's uh, that is that is very true. That is very true. Yeah. So as a, as a director deportivo, what what is the function of of your role. What what is what is the purpose of of, of director deportivo? I think I think the main purpose is to be the link between the coaching staff and the rest of the directiva, 
uh, and also served as a link with the players and the directiva. Um, I think that's the main, like the everyday role, right? Um, but then you have like all the the preparation for for the tournament. You you try to see which players that are not in the team would be good for the team, which players that are currently on the team might need to uh, walk out or uh, find them play somewhere else. Um, there's a lot, a lot of things you can do as a director deportivo. Um, my role specifically in Zacatepec was a lot more than just the, the title because I was in charge of everything from the administrative area, marketing. I'm not a lawyer and I was practically the the main uh, guy that checked on contracts and things like that. Um, but it, it was that that's why it was super interesting because I, I was able to really touch every area of the team. Um, and the the by far the most interesting, the most fun was the the sporting side, the the real director deportivo thing, right? Because you need you go to every uh, training session, you exchange ideas all the time with with a coach. Um, you have to be critical of them. You need to respect their their opinions. Obviously, you need to sometimes pass on the message from what ownership and the president want to say to them. Uh, and you need to level things when things are not going as well, because sometimes, obviously, because of if you lose a game and things are super heated, you need to be like the guy that calms everyone down and just like see what's going on for the future and not just for that like moment. Well, I asked you what your function was, and you listed like like eighteen different roles. Uh, yeah, they're, I know. They're exactly the back. So you were. Uh, you know, we have to call you el, el, el pulpo, Risho, because we had the, all, all the hands going everywhere with with everything that you had to do, juggling uh, juggling a lot of balls. It's interesting to me that you say that the, you know obviously the the uh, you know the, the interaction with, with with the players and the coaches was was what you found most interesting. Did uh, so would the coach then task you of you know the, I need you to find me players that have these certain characteristics, and would you have to go watch tape of of other teams, or maybe even go to a? Uh, I mean, would, would, did you have the time to go to go to another game to go to go see if you could find some of these guys or or how would you go about that i think that would have been ideal like that that's what a director deportivo is supposed to do unfortunately with all the things that i was tasked to do i couldn't do as much of the deportivo uh, right thing um Zacatepec, unfortunately doesn't have like an under 20 and under 17 team playing on a competitive basis against other teams uh, as as they do in Liga MX, because in a sense, so you you can have your under twenty, under seventeen teams, but you need to find them a league to play because you're not gonna play against the like in the same schedule as as it, it happens in in Liga MX. So I watched a ton of video of a lot of uh, foreign players, about uh, some Mexican players that might be good for the team. Uh, yeah, I did that, and I did that not not just because Marcelo asked me, or or it was more of my initiative to do, and I needed to prove myself that I could do it, and that I could analyze plays, I could analyze a player, and I could see if it was a fit. Because, and and you need to also know like how much he might might uh, earn, you know, like what's his salary? Is that going to be uh, according to our budget, or is it like definitely not? Because you'll be surprised how 
wide range of salaries there are. There, they, there are players that charge super little, and there are players that, that charge a lot of money. In in a sense, so I don't know if I answered you. So, so, so no, absolutely no, you did. This, that, that was uh, so, so that was what you enjoyed the most, and, and and regrettably for you, because you were involved in so many other aspects of the of the day to day operations of the team, it didn't afford you the time that that you thought that that, that position needed. In, in order for you to to, to to fully to fully do what you wanted to do, because in addition to having to do that, you know you have to you 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 there are a lot more operations issues that you have to take care of. So uh, it yeah. seems like it seems like you needed to petition somebody to instead of have a twenty four hour day have like a, like a thirty eight hour day so you could get it all done in a day. Yeah, and like three batteries in my phone. It's well, just... let let me ask you a question then. So say Sakatepec. Uh, promotion and then their Liga MX does Liga MX uh, award a purse for 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 teams that come in so that they can, you know, you know, kind of like the way that uh, that happens in the Premier League with uh, with with the television contracts and that where they're just they have this just this massive injection of of of, of cash funds to help them, you know, no. r- ramp up. It, it it does not. It does not because it's not a revenue sharing model. It's uh, the only the only place where if you win, or at least last season, you get something as you were advancing is with Copa MX because it was sponsored by Corona. Okay. I honestly don't right now. I know that it's not longer sponsored by Corona, so I don't. I'm not sure if there's again some sort of uh, price for for continue advancing in in the tournament. Well, and if I'm not mistaken, Sacatepec did pretty well in the in in, in the Copa Mekis that uh, that you were. Uh, yeah, we were did phenomenal. It was outstanding. The first, the first season, well, the first uh, torneo, the uh, Apertura, we we got kicked out in the round of 16 by Pachuca in a horrible fashion, five zero. I, I won't forget that one, but uh, we we learned a lot about that one. And then in Clausura, so last last torneo. It was, uh, we ran all the way until the semifinals and we got eliminated by Toluca in penalty kicks. So, but regardless, it was an amazing experience and I, I really loved it. Like that, that game will be forever in my heart, even, even though we, we lost. So, you know, we, we talk about Copa Mekis on, on the show a lot where, where we, we do think that it has the potential to be a, just an incredibly uh, dramatic, entertaining, uh, passionate tournament. Uh, I'm not necessarily sure that the, that the current format uh, allows for that, uh, but 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 we do. Th- I mean, I, I've I, and I, I personally uh, like watching Copa Mexican because they're they are just incredibly and they're much more entertaining than league games. I think uh, they're a lot more back and forth. It just it just it is a tournament that I that I want to see succeed. And I want to see do really well. And I want to see become uh, very large. I do want to ask you, Michel. Um, about about Liga MX and MLS. I know we had a show last week, uh, and Chiquis, maybe you can help me with this because I'll be honest, I was driving back from uh, from Dallas and I was only in and out. And uh, well, what was the uh, the premise, uh, Chiquis, that you guys had about uh, the, the relationship that, that Liga MX needs to have with MLS? Yeah, basically uh, a group of guys came on the podcast last week and we talked about the coverage in the United States, mostly of Liga MX in English. And if that's really uh, a beneficial endeavor for Liga MX teams to have English English Twitter uh, accounts, English uh, coverage, English news, things like that, 
or is that just a small percentage of the United States public that actually needs that, like Mexican-Americans that, that don't speak Spanish um, but are still interested in Mexican league uh, soccer and the national team? Uh, or is it really a, a thriving market in the United States where there's a lot of Mexican-Americans that want that English coverage of the Liga MX and even Americans that are interested in soccer as well as Mexican soccer? So we are sort of discussing if that's even, you know, if it's worth it. I know there's only a couple of Liga MX teams who have Twitter English accounts. Um, so that was sort of our, and that, that, and that goes to a question to you. Do you think uh, uh, Mexican teams need to cater more to the English speaking Mexican Americans and even Americans? Or is that sort of a return on investment that's not really huge for them to, to go forward on that? 100% yes. And it's it's not really a huge investment to have a guy that that runs your social media in English and and tr brings English content to your uh, to your website or even if you have like a TV channel or whatever. Uh, and even even if if in the U.S. there uh, it's a small percentage of I don't know if Mexican Americans or just Americans that are interested in following. English content from DMX, you need to cater those those uh, fans. You cannot afford not to uh, provide content of your brand to people that want your brand. It's yeah. I don't know why I don't I honestly don't know why more more teams don't have their the the Twitter account in in English or their Facebook or their website or whatever. I know that America is starting right now and I I think they're doing a good job. I know Tijuana does it. Um, I think Santos does it. Pumas, maybe. Um, Pumas does not. Uh, Pumas, Pumas has not. extra official. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, in fact, in fact, yeah, if anyone wants Pumas information, there's like like two or three guys here in this country yeah. to, to, to get to get the good Pumas stuff. Yeah, so. I, you definitely need as a team. I, us in Zacatepec, I, I found out that there's like a huge community of people that we are in the US that love Sacatepec and it's like why are we not catering to them? Like even even I had the like the main store online for Sacatepec. Like how do I make these guys like know that they can buy shirts for the team? Uh obviously didn't have the time but I would have loved to to do it and, and League MX teams that have a lot more budget should definitely invest in that. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I, I agree. My 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 counterpoint to uh when we discussed this last week was uh was sort of the uh from my experience in the US as Mexican Americans, you know, uh don't speak or you know, lose don't speak Spanish as the generations go by, uh they tend to lose uh a, the love or the passion that their parents or generations past had for even the sport of soccer. So they get more into like like John was saying earlier NFL or basketball, um, and but but I agree what you're saying. The uh, any any percentage that's out there, league MX teams should invest and cater to those fans. Yeah, a second or third generation Mexican American should. I don't know if they're interested in what their parents or grandparents loved, and probably they like sports. And if they are not as fluent or they don't like know Spanish. If you bring them content in English, they might like it. 
and you might not just uh, attract the your fans, but you can increase your fan base out of creating these content. So you know, but it's not just the U.S. Though I mean, having having an English language account is yeah. is a way for you to broadcast pretty much the, to the entire rest of the world because you know the, the English is as close to a universal language as we as we have on this planet. So it just it just makes all the sense in the world for for for, for Liga Mekis to. Uh, uh, you know the national team does that does have the uh, the English language account and like you mentioned uh, several teams. Why why all teams don't don't do that is is uh, is pretty amazing and and uh, you know we we talked to Martin de Palacio a few times on this show and we asked him how he uh, watches the Mekis and it's and and it's through a provider. But you know as far as getting you know they they don't have any highlight on there's not a highlight show on on Eurosport or or anything like that. Uh, they're, 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 there's just no vision or initiative to, to, to send Liga Mekis to the world, uh, kind of like the way MLS does. I mean, MLS has, uh, has deals where they're on, I think they're on in England and they're on with Eurosport and they'll, you know, they'll, they play them at, you know, not the best times, but at least they're getting played. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can, if you download the Liga MX app, uh, and you want to watch a video of, your favorite team's goal, you need to pay. Yes. I <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't understand it. Why? So, I mean, probably the reason behind that, but like things, things are going in a good direction, but there's still a lot of work to do. I got another question, uh, sort of on what, we're, what you just said about the sort of the money and a money topic. Um, Going towards sort of the uh, the contracts and what's going on with Veracruz, yeah. Um, do do you do you see money? And even like Puebla, I think had issue paying players in Tijuana. There was some there was something going on as well. Uh, do you do you, do these teams really lack funds, or are all the funds going to the higher executives or to uh, or you know those guys instead of the actual players or how, how is that is, is Liga MX having money issues is basically what I'm, what I'm asking, or are they just keeping it for themselves? No, I think it's a team by team basis. Like I, I don't think what's happening in Veracruz is the same thing that could happen in, in Tijuana. I, I don't know where the money goes. You're supposed to, if you're a professional team, you're supposed to have a budget and, and you plan your semester or your year according to that budget. And you know how much your players are going to earn because you're signing a contract with them. So there is no excuse to not pay them when the month finishes or the quincena arrives or whenever they're paying them. So, yes, I think there's, there's a big problem with ownership in, in some teams. I think uh, the Liga needs to tighten up things. I, I, we cannot have Fidel Curis running teams. Uh, and it's a matter of time, a matter of keep persisting. The thing that happened when, in a sense of the, the certificado and you cannot, uh, the promotion relegation, if, if you were uh, not cert- certified and you're promoted because you won the league, well, then you don't, don't go. And I mean, it's frustrating that you don't have like a way to go up. But if, if you don't 
comply with certain standards, you shouldn't go up. Um, and I isn't, think that's isn't that cool. the reason why Coras moved to Zacatepec was because uh, the the Coruco Diaz is the meets the requirements in order to play in Liga MX? It's part of the reasons. I, I'm, okay. I mean, Coruco Diaz is a super stadium. It's a it, great stadium. It looks it looks awesome. I have to admit, it really does look cool. I, Michel, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm one of the I'm one, I'm a I'm a Pumas guy, but Zacatepec okay. has always been for whatever reason, and I, I have and I just I can't explain it. I've always had a really soft spot for them. <laughs> I don't yeah. I don't know why. I, I just it just it, it, it's a team that I really really want to see uh, have success, and I'd love to see them back in the uh, back yeah. in the I really wish the best of success for for the players and the coaches over there. I I, I wish that they. They have a, a great, a great season, and hopefully, yeah, I left things ready for them to, to get promoted. So if if they win, they can go up. So when did when up. did when did uh, uh, America or Televisa when did they stop supporting or uh, Zacatepec? I'm not sure. You know, I, I think that was um, Zacatepec 1948. That's the name of the team, not the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was the one Televisa was supporting. Because be- before Club Atlético Zacatepec, it was Zacatepec Siglo XXI. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Televisa had nothing to do with them. So I think it was the previous one. So so, so, so it was a while ago. If it was my understanding that Televisa was supporting the one that, uh, oh, you know, the, the, the Zacatepec that had, you know, Horacio Casarín and stuff like that, you know, the, the legendary Mexican player, if I'm not mistaken. Well, that, yeah, the thing. That's it. The, okay, the okay. link between the, the link between Zacatepec and Televisa goes all well. It's not Televisa; it's like more American and and all these is in back in the fifties, and it all started with Guillermo Canelo. Right. Yeah, he, he, he used to be a manager Guillermo there. Canelo was great. Or not a manager. Uh, yeah, he used to be a, an exec there. Yeah, and uh, people in in America said, "Well, we need someone like this guy to run our our our, our, our team." So they brought him in, and then he brought uh, Nacho Trelles, and, and that started like a whole uh, like revolution in America. It was it was well, it was so Sacatepec could be the could be the mass of the other right now. If, 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 if... <laughs> well, I don't know. If a lot, lot of twist of fate. Yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> it's a super tiny uh, County in Mexico, Zacatepec, but it has a lot of tradition. So a lot of like other people, like if you're probably older than fifty, you have really fun memories of Zacatepec. I, I had a question for you, Michelle. You were talking about uh, how close Zacatepec has been to America, and we heard not so long ago that Higuera's related to to John De Luisa. Is there any truth to that? I I honestly don't know. But um, you're saying he was like a primo, like, like something like that, like they I were don't cousins. Think so. I, I, I'm not positive, but I'm, I don't think so. It, it seems like in, in, in Mexican football, it seems like rather than yeah. six degrees of separation, there's like two or three, you know, it's like everybody, they're somehow all related. He it get seems a, like he's his cousins with Calaco, with I, I got TDN. A guy now he was the sporting director of Querétaro. Um, yes, I keep forgetting teams. that guy's name. 
It's it's El Calaco, yeah. And that's too bad that you forget El Calaco because that's a that's just a that's just a great name, El Calaco. <laughs> well, yeah, that seems more name. personal. That seems like Michelle knows him on a more. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, it's it's Villanueva, his last name, but I, I don't remember. Arturo Villanueva. Arturo Villanueva is his name. Michelle, Michelle, that's, uh, that's Ronnie the Luna that joins us from uh, from from Philadelphia. If if you can't tell, Michelle, I mean it, it just it it, it 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 comes out uh, it comes out from Ronnie. Hey, I have a I, I used to have a business with America. I, I ran their their team store in Guapa where they train. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Hey, Ronnie, it sounds like the smoke detector is going off in your. Uh, in your house, like every 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 ten or fifteen seconds, have you not changed the batteries in your smoke detector? I think it's carbon monoxide. <laughs> your, or is it your carbon monoxide alarm? <laughs> I have to worry about it. It's not going to affect me. And I'm... <laughs> All right, Michelle, you're 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 a director deportivo. You've been you've been hired by our Liga MX team. You have uh, not an unlimited budget, but a, a pretty hefty budget. And they they tell you, I don't care what it costs, get me the best player in Liga MX. Who do you sign? The best player? Yeah, who, who, who in your know. mind, the best player in Liga MX? Who, who, you're tasked to, who, who do you, who do you bring? Who do you bring in? And I need to be champion right now, or is it like a five-year thing, like a five-year project? You know, that's or... interesting. Well, uh, uh, why don't you give us both? Give, give us your right <laughs> now, and then, and then give us your, give us your, 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 your project. No, I would definitely build my team around Diego Lainez. I don't think there's any question around. Um, about that he's he's an outstanding player like uh, and right now uh i don't know you uh, i like uh guignac of course he's he's not only been um he, he's good for attracting the media and makes the team uh flashier i guess and he delivers uh, to boot and he delivers so i guess it's probably a popular opinion, but I guess Vignac would. Well, I guess I should have prefaced it by saying, you know, I know that Picolin, Picolin had retired, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was close yeah. second. Close yeah, exactly. Second. <laughs> yes, exactly. Thank you. Uh, thank you for that. That's uh, that, that, that is a running joke that we have on this uh, on this particular program. So Diego Lainez, Club América. Are they, do they keep him, or or what, is it going to have to take an obscene offer for them to? Because uh, I mean, they, they could really build their entire brand on Diego Lainez for the next, as you said, four or five years. So, so how much would it take for 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 a you team know, to come and swoop him? I think what America should do and will probably do is to whomever they sell Lainez in the next, hopefully, two years. Uh, if not less, they will have a clause where they get they they still have a part of of his uh, of his uh, contract of his card. Like if yeah, of his card or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like if I think that I, I think that's what Pachuca did with with Chucky when he when when they sold him to to PSV. <laughs> it was what and Atlas yeah. did with uh, Deportivo La Coruña with. Uh... Guardado. And the the beautiful part is I don't think they ever got the they ever got yeah. the, the money from Deportivo. Just how poetic. How poetic for Atlas. I think that's what they should do and and will hopefully they will do. Because he needs to go to Europe as soon as possible. He is really, really good. And, and uh, 
as good as he is, he can go to Europe and would you think he could he could play on on any team or or, or would you want him to have that path to where? I mean, I'm not I'm, I'm not gonna say he can start with Barcelona right now and probably Barcelona or Real Madrid wouldn't be the best option for now, but I wouldn't mind him going to a Bundesliga uh, or a French uh, team. Those leagues are starting to be a lot more competitive than the uh, the Netherlands league, where like the PSV, PSV, sorry, and the Ajax and all those those teams there. That league is not that good. I mean, I know it's good for for players to adapt to Europe, but like the competition over there, I think the competition is better. In, but if you get to go to to France or to Germany or uh, maybe even Portugal, that would be a huge huge step for him to uh, gain his his right in, in in Europe and then go hopefully to a better team in a better league. I'm I'm a big fan of the Bundesliga because, as you pointed out, you know every game is better. Yes, they have Bayern and but yeah. but but I mean, there's really not that much of a difference between teams. So, I mean, seven and about sixteen. So they're it's like Liga MX. They're all they're just very competitive games, and anybody can beat anybody. And and because of that, you know, they're very just. I I, I just like the style of the Bundesliga. I think it's 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 a very it's a really fun league to watch. It would be a great place for. Uh, for, for 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 players to uh, you know see what they're made of, yeah, if, and, if they're going to make that jump, we, we have we have enough evidence to know that Mexican can succeed over there. So yeah, why not? It seems to me though that if uh, if if somebody did come calling for Linus, if if, if he projects as well as as, as we think he does, it's going to be, I think, between twenty and thirty million in in, in order for America to. Uh, to decide because because I mean it's one thing to be a great player and play at Puebla it's another thing to be a great player and play at America I mean that is yeah I mean his the the potential that they have just for the, for that entire operation is uh is pretty massive so I think it's going to take a big check for uh for, yeah, for, for Diego to go elsewhere and, and I think it's going to be worth it though and I think that that's uh you know you know some someone there are teams that can write that check without even breaking a sweat. I just, I just think it's going to be tougher for Linus to leave because, I mean, uh, unfortunately, we don't, you know, Mexico is not going to play in, in next year or next year's edition of Copa America because Mexico's not even going, and that would have been a nice little springboard to go to Europe. And unfortunately, we're not, you know, you know, Mexican teams they don't play in Libertadores anymore, and you know, America's not playing any international tournaments, you know, not the, you know, uh, so I, I don't know. I, I think, I think. I think if Lainez is going to go, I think it's going to go maybe after the Confeds Cup, but that's assuming Mexico qualifies. You know, they have to win the Gold Cup, and, and no that's going to happen. Exactly. So i I don't think I don't think that Lainez is going to go anytime soon uh, because because of the lack of inter- international uh, uh, competition. I mean, I mean, really, all they have are the Molero games and and the FIFA dates, and that's it. Well, Joel, there, is, there is one competition that Linus can play between now and then that would be somewhat better, and it would probably be the uh, Joel. What's the uh... maybe the Olympics? Yeah, the Olympics and under twenty World Cup. Yeah. Would you send Linus to the under twenty, knowing that he's a, a full-on pro at this point? 
I mean, is, is, is it worth it for him to go to the U-20? We had that conversation maybe about a year ago, John, and, and I, you know, when America sent him to the, to that, you know, to the uh, tournament, I, th- I, I thought it, they sent him to the Centroamericanos. I mean, come on. Yeah, I thought it, it hindered because he should have, he should have stayed with America and he should have, you know, uh, earned his spot and had more, you know, regular time with the, t- with the first team. So I don't know. It's, it's a tough decision. You know, I, I think, uh, I'd like well, to see him get, get more established. The, the, the director deportivo, director deportivo. If you've had Lainez for a couple of years. He's a regular starter. He's 18. They ask him for the U20. Do, 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 you, uh, do, do, you, do you let him go? It's a tough one. I think I, I'm against not allowing my players to go to to a, a seleccionado, even if it's an, an under, mm-hmm. like a minor. So I don't know if he's as regular as, as he been like playing right now with America because last season he was in the bench or not even in the 18 that go to the stadium. Right. Uh, but if he is right now, as he is right now, I don't know. I, I would I would consider uh, maybe convincing him that the best is for. I would ask him to make him the decision. He would have to make the decision, and just let let the player decide. Sometimes that's that's better. That's fair. And like other thing that we, we haven't mentioned with, with the Lainez going to, to Europe, it will also depend a lot of, on his current contract with America. I, I, I don't know how long it runs. And uh, I'm sure that a year or two years before uh, it expires, he will have a lot of leverage to, to just tell America, hey, let me leave or I'll just walk for free. But if he if he does that, he becomes persona non grata. You know what I mean? Yeah, but at his age, and uh, but that's why I'm I wouldn't like be in this pacto uh, caballeros thing, and hopefully that will end. But that's what I would do. Like let's get in a situation where the club earns a lot of money because you saw me. Uh, let's not have to make this a problem for for everyone. I think. People in America are understanding of these, and they will make the best for for the player as well. Does, uh, when a player gets sold, do they receive a portion of the of of, of the sales proceeds? Is is it negotiated 10%. or is it a standard standard ten percent across the board? That's yes. what everybody gets. Yes, ten percent. Joel, I need to rework my contract with you, Joel, because I'm not so sure that uh, that you're giving me a fair deal on that. Does Ron, Ron is in charge of. Is it Ron? Okay. Yeah, it, 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 must that Pike, it, must, it must be that Pikey accent. You hey, guys keep good deal. pushing it back and forth. You guys always <laughs> passing the buck on that. On, on that, on that uh, so, so it's a standard 10% across the board, and that's in, in, in any country. So Yeah. Maybe, maybe you can negotiate more, and, uh, but yeah, that's the standard. Now, now Michelle, uh, you want to stay in the world of soccer. If you get a chance to, to work like, like on an Olympic committee or, or, uh, you know, you know, with, with, with the upcoming world cup coming down, I'm sure that that's something that would be very, very attractive to, to you as well, uh, to, to get to work on the organizing committee for the, uh, for, for the world cup. And, and what capacity, if, if, if given the opportunity, would, would, would you want to, uh, work in that? You know, once I tasted the, the sporting side, it's hard to not want to stay there because it's this competitive rush that you get that whatever you 
something throughout the week, you are contributing, even if it's that really tiny uh, way, to whatever the outcome of the game is. So it's it's amazing to be a part of uh, like the sporting side of a team where there are all the adrenaline and everything goes super super fast in in a two hour game and all these feeling and emotions. So I would I would like to to stay in the sporting side. I know it's it's hard. There are very few spots in 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 the market, but um, that would be the idea. But if not, I would also like to to work uh, towards the professionalization. But also, why not making Mexico world champion? Right? What do we need to do to make Mexico world champion in 2026? Like, what do we're gonna host it? Uh, at least a couple of games. If, if not, the others are going to be in the U.S. Uh, there's going to be a lot of Mexican fans. Uh, we're going to have an advantage. What do we need to do to really make that one our World Cup? Okay, so you've been given that task. That, that, that that's the gig. Yeah. What what is your what is your eight year plan? How does it happen? Well, you can start from zero because a lot of the players that are going to play in that uh, World Cup are probably already. Uh, uh, starters in their team, like Lainez should be the captain, right? He's 18, he will be like 26 by then. Uh, other players that are like 20, 20, 21, 22, they already debuted and they're going to be like 29, 30. You need to to be uh, pushing for the competitiveness for, for these under 17, under 20. You need to make sure that more Mexicans are put on the pitch um there's there's not a lot of incentives for teams to to stick with mexicans when they can bring so many foreigners uh and they make side businesses with them or whatever that my my life to make mexicans a priority for liga mx team so instead of fielding two mexicans a game you'd want to see them field like eight yeah, or right now, wait, it's the nine-nine rule or the ten-nine yeah, so, rule. Yeah, so exactly. So they could field, you know, they'd have two Mexicans on the field. Yeah, you need to. Like, I don't know if going back to the to the rule where you could only have like five foreigners uh, at every one time. Uh, I don't know if going to that uh, because we need to understand this is a global world now and uh, all that thing. But we need to create incentives. And it's not going to be easy. I'm not saying at all it's going to be easy. But we need to create incentives for teams to to uh, prioritize Mexicans. What kind of incentives would 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 you uh, would you would you recommend? I don't know. It was uh, I was thinking about these really crazy idea, like say these these lines uh, thing, right? Where uh, Maybe it's in the best interest of of the Mexican Federation that he goes plays in he goes and plays in Europe, right? And maybe America really doesn't want to ship him over there. They want to keep him forever in Mexico because he's going to be their image for the next ten years. So why not create some sort of sponsorship for teams 
that want to ship their, I don't know, like a FedEx sponsorship. You're shipping your players over there. I'm going to give you some money over here. If it's if not, not that team's going to pay you, I'm going to pay you. I don't know. That's a crazy idea, but there are other things that I'm sure that, we, that, that can be created. Does, uh, does, does, does Liga and Mekis have a, a future in, in South America at all, or is, or is that, uh, is that, is, is that boat sunk? I don't think it's sunk. Uh, I know that there's a lot of logistical issues with that. It's not the same to travel, I don't know, up to five hours in train for Champions League than the 10 or 12 that gets you from Mexico City to Buenos Aires. To Buenos Aires now, now Ron, uh, I don't mean to interrupt, Michelle. Ron, tell yeah. us again about that grueling trip that, that, that America had in the, in, 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 in the Copa Libertadores where they had to go all the way to Morelia. Oh, <laughs> no, it's, uh, I think it was during the 2002 Copa Libertadores edition where they basically had to play like five games in, 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 in and an like, eight-day, like, nine span. And and, and, like, and four of them were in Mexico. Yeah, the grueling the grueling travel that 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 Club America had in that couple of months. But hey, but, but playing five games in like a span of nine days, dude, that's it's it's tough, dude. Right. It, it is. Please. So so the travel is hard because at the, it, it's a twelve thirteen hour trip, which which then makes what what we can well, at least uh, some of us on the show, uh, me included, uh, our dream tournament like 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 a Pan American Champions League. Incredibly yeah. difficult in order in order to uh, to uh, play it out, just because of the fact that if, if if Vancouver wins MLS and they have to go to Buenos Aires to play River Plate, you know that's a, that that's a long trip. Well, well it's going to be harder. It's going to be harder now because if you think about it, before the Copa Libertadores took you know changed the format, you you had Copa Libertadores, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, from, they can they can always change it back. They had it from January to what was it to, to to May or whatever, and then you had Copa Sudamericana, basically you know the other half. Yeah, but don't forget so, that they always took a break. They, they took so, a break so, in Libertadores. So, they did the group stage in one, and then they took right, a right, right, right. But I, but I was always I was always you know the one that thought that you know if the Liga MX had still the the long season and they would just play the the, the Liga you know in 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 May, whatever in April May, you could you could do one of the South American tournaments. And have that, you know, uh, fill in the the dates in in November, December. But I mean, I honestly think the key for I I, I still think and you know, I still think that the key for 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 Mexican you know at least the success of Mexican football is not in Europe. I still think it's in South America, at the grassroots level. Start seeing, you know, I, I mean, I'd love to see them back in the Libertadores. I'd love to see them back in Copa Sudamericana. I'd love to see them back in Copa America. But you know, sending their full squads. I thought those were great, great tournaments. I mean, that's when you really started to see more Mexican players leave, you know, Cuauhtémoc Blanco, Paco Palencia, and, and stuff like that, you know? Could it happen, Michelle? Are they going to play South American teams again? I really hope so, because point, there was a high-level competition uh, despite the logistical issues. Uh, I think the main down with and make it happen. Like, what are we going to do to make Boca Juniors come back to Estadio Azteca or go to Estadio Akron or whatever? 
need to make sure that our teams and the best teams in the continent are south of the border and not north of the border. So, do you think Comrade Bold is still mad at uh, Concacaf and more so at the United States for the whole FBI thing? Because I mean, a lot of those South American federations, I mean, they were cleaned out. You know, with when the FBI investigated, I mean, how, how many? Yeah. What was the total of like twenty something executives from like Paraguay, you know, Argentina? And and Ron, remind remind the audience which which country out of that did, did, did has not and probably will not be indicted. It's just Mexico, which everybody thought that was hilarious because <laughs> everybody thought. Well, I, I always told you, man. There, I, I didn't think that there was any any, any sort of you know. Uh, well, I, I, Mexico doesn't have a reason to cheat. In, no, in, because they, they were the in, ones in, getting in screwed in from the beginning exactly. from Jack Warner and they were the Chuck ones Blazer. getting cheated. Yeah, you know, everybody, you know, everybody was reaching their hand in the cookie jar, and unfortunately, it was our yeah. cookie jar. Yeah, Mexico was the cookie <laughs> jar, and uh, in, in Concacaf, still is. What's that? It, it, it is. It's still. It's yeah, still I mean, still Mex- Mexico has always been well, Concacaf's money maker. And it, and well, lately it's been Mexican Americans that are, or the Mexicans that live in the U.S. or, or the, uh, the the big money makers for Concacaf. Hey, dudes, are you off the air? Juan Oribe joins us from hey. uh, from Cali- uh, Profe. We have a we have a director deportivo on with uh, Michelle Richaud. You're your coach, Profe. Yeah, you need to. Uh, you, know, you need to get in his good graces so that when he when he goes when he goes looking for a coach, profe, you'll be on the list. El profe Camberreyes, he has his pro- promotor Lara. Who, who's 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 your promoter? <laughs> Camberreyes. What, what? Which is the one that uh, Hugo Sanchez uses? That's my guy. Oh, uh, Sanz. <laughs> Jose Manuel Sanz. So, Michelle, we have uh, Juan Uribe, who is a big uh, uh, Chivas fan, but in in his in his uh, capacity as a coach. Went down to Pachuca and, uh, and, and w- w- with a player for a tryout, and uh, was there. Were you there for for a week, uh, Profe? And, uh, uh, and 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 he was converted to a Pachuca fan, which is why we call him El Profe Cambiarayas. <laughs> I wasn't converted. I was just blown away <laughs> by their facilities. I thought it was a, a good setup, good good organization, uh, infrastructure wise. I was impressed. I'll be honest. Is, is that the most impressive facility uh, uh, right now in? Uh, in Mexico, Michelle, or or, is, or, or do others uh, still uh, rank a little higher? Sorry, I, I lost you. I, I lost you a little. Can you repeat? Uh, I was asking if, if, if which which facility and and, and team and oh. club do you think in Mexico is is the one that's the that's the best run and has the and has the best facilities? That uh, I know, yeah. uh, I I loved Pachuca. Like the, the the whole stadium and what they have there is is amazing. Uh, Necaxa has amazing facilities. Um, I think those, those well, Monterrey Monterrey has new facilities that are also super super nice, really really nice. Have you had a chance to watch a game at the at the new stadium? At Monterrey, yes. Um, summer it, summer it, or winter? It was. Almost a year ago, it was in September. It was a Copa MX against Pumas, actually, because we played the next, the following day, against Tigres. So we we, we went that that day. I oh, think so. Monterrey won two zero. So it wasn't blazing hot. No, it was a night game, so it wasn't it wasn't super hot. Okay. So is it, is it nice that the the new the new Monterrey Stadium is at? Uh... 
Well, but I think that that that's true that they made it super hot so they can sell more beers. It's marketing, <laughs> my man. That uh, hey, I, I never thought about that. That's no, I think it's true. Yeah. Uh, I got. I have a question. Um, and this is you know since you've been on the administrative side of the club, um, yeah. I've always wondered. I've always wondered why the like for example, there's. A lot of the corporate, a lot of the football teams now are are, are basically the equivalent of S corporations. You know, SAI they they, they save it, right? So they they should have you know uh, like in the bolsa de bolsa de valores de Mexico, whatever, or the SEC the SEC filings and stuff like that. You're, you're able to see basically a financial the financials of a company. I've always I've always wanted because yeah. I've tried to look for it. I've always tried to you know. Like Modelo and stuff like that. I've always tried to see the actual, you know, try to see the financials of, of a club. Why is it that, that you can't find them, or where can you find them, or or do they just not, you know? No, uh, I, I don't think you're gonna get the the, the details. Uh-huh. Of, uh, I don't know if America in Televisa maybe or back in the day Santos with Modelo. I I, but, you know, I, I I tried looking. I tried looking at Televisa. I tried looking at FEMSA. I tried looking at you know at the at the. Well, they, um, they they yeah. weren't re- they weren't redacted, were they, Ron? They were just a big black line and the. <laughs> Not the, it okay. wasn't like that, but okay. I've, I've I've just I've always wondered because it's like it seems like you know, in in every major you know league in the world, you're able to find you know, you're able to find the, the numbers of, of of a club, and it seems like it's like yeah. why why is that still such a big secret in Mexico? I mean, we all know that they make money, or at least that's the impression. Well, you know, not, just... not all of the teams are make money. I don't know. It's it's pretty secretive. Uh, before I left Zacatepec, we we started a, like an annual report, and I publish it or not. Um, but it's, it's it is secretive, and I try to get a good way to learn how are they doing, where they can get their revenues from, what's the most important source of of, of revenue, or of where they spending all this money. Uh, but but it's not it's not easy to find because they simply don't make it public because they don't want to they want to uh, stay private. I'm I'm just seeing my my Twitter feed right now and apparently uh, Hacienda yeah. Sat the one that checks out our our taxes is going to look into the Mexican Federation for all these Veracruz things. So that's well, interesting. I'm- I've always, you know, it, there's a, you know, in, in, in construction and, and facilities and stuff like that, there's always, there's a saying that you can't, you, you can't manage what you can't measure. And it, it just, it, and it just seems that I've, I've always wondered is how good the books are within the Federation and its clubs and stuff like that. Because, I mean, when, when, when things like this with Veracruz happens, it, it just, it just makes the entire league look, you know, like crap. You know, and it and it's like you know, like yes. you know, it's like colibris all over again. You know, you know. And trust me, that and they're they're owners, they're that these because they're tarnishing their image when because they're part of the league. And but they're that are scared because now Sat is going after them. They're going to see their books. They're going to see you. Hey, you have two contracts. How come you have two contracts? That's not legal. So it's going to be interesting for sure. You know, we, we've always said here that the Mexican clubs, they deal with three contracts. 
Okay. The, the one for the player, the one for the federation, and then third one for uh, what is it, Hacienda, Ron? Uh, yes, and and I actually got that <laughs> bit of that bit, bit of info because I, I used to know a, a guy Ulises uh, Lopez, if I'm not mistaken. He, I think his uh, he he used to work. I, I don't remember what capacity in, in Leon. Um, and he told me about 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 the the contracts. Because I had, I remember reading an article some years back in Soccer Mania, and there was a, uh, a young Pumas player. Basically, he wanted to see his contract, and at the time, the the, the Pumas uh, front office denied him because we're not going to give you your contract. And he, and I remember reading in that article about the you know the two contracts. And so when I asked, you know, uh, Ulysses, says, "Okay, man," I said, "What is this? Does it is this frequent? Does this happen?" And he would actually explain to me, you know, in, in, in his experience, there were. Three contracts. There was the one for the player, the one for the you know the, the club, and then the one uh, that they would give you know uh, you know Theo Theo. Well, it's not Uncle Sam. What's the equivalent of Uncle Sam? You know the Hacienda. You know, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, did, did, did that happen also at, in Zacatepec? You know, to your knowledge. John is wondering where his third contract okay. is at. <laughs> no, when, I don't know. Uh, this is what. Every every player the same thing, and one goes to the federation, one goes and one to the player to enter. It's just like three tracks. <clears throat> I think you were uh I think you were breaking up there Michelle uh I don't know if we got uh Oh yeah sorry about that um, Okay they so were asking about the two cars that happened at least to my um Rick has to sign like three copies of the contract so it's just 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 a matter of you have to file them to, to different places. Yeah. Okay. Actually, they, they to the federation. The federation stamps them. Then they bring like and they keep one for their archives. Right. Michelle, I know we said that we'd keep you for an hour, and we're we're we're, we're a little over that. Uh, is is there anything else that, that that you want to share with us uh, before we uh, before we? Uh, well, actually, I do want to have I have a very uh, a Chilango question, if it's if you don't mind. Is, is Takama Charlie still? Uh, closed there. Yeah. I think they closed. Ah. Oh. Yeah. That is that is. So what happened to all the canastas, man? That that is like heartbreaking. I want to check. Maybe just because it's pretty close to my to my place, but. I don't go that often like, no. to that area. I used to go to Takama Charlie because I was a kid. So, you know, not that, you know, they, they, they serve adult food because that's where we, we had our 20th reunion. I went to Green Gates, which was up in, uh, in San Mateo. And uh, we had our 20th reunion, like, I guess it was 10 years ago. 
And even though even though I left in the seventh grade, I still went to that reunion. But we we ended up meeting at the Cafe Charlie's for our for our, our our first thing. It was a lot of fun. They still had all the baskets up there. Crap! This it's a restaurant in Tecamachalco, Mexico City, that has uh, thousands of baskets that are that 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 are, that are stapled onto the onto the ceiling. It was a it was a really cool little uh, display. But uh, sorry to go off on a on, on a tangent there about the. About the camera, Charlie's a gentleman. Do you guys have any other questions for uh, for Michelle before we uh, before we turn him loose? Profe, now's your chance, man. You can ask you can ask the director deportivo what what, what what he looks for in a coach. Oh, you know what? That that was gonna be one one of my questions. Hey, Michelle, how's it going, man? Um, I'm a youth coach here in the U.S., but I'm just curious for. Uh, the guys that normally a club hires to to be a youth coach, what's what's the like what's the experience or background or, or what are you guys looking for uh, as far as your youth coaches? They look for a dress code. They want it to look like they're going to out to a club. Real? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, definitely for for the youth, you definitely have to have a. a uh, developing player background or it's not background at least the spirit you of those teams like the under win but it's not the most important thing uh, you need to to know your identity that's the most important thing like your team knows their identity because how how you play how you portray yourself as a team uh, to the media, like the the kind of team that you are, needs to be portrayed in every single aspect of it. And you're developing players that are probably going to go to your first team, and you need them to be playing the way the first team plays. And the first team plays in a certain way, no matter who's a coach. Uh, at least that's that's in my perspective. Like that's how no, no. Barcelona does it, and that's. Uh, if you're a youth a youth coach, you need to be a developer. Like you need to adapt. I think it's that you there to develop players. Uh, uh, the under twenty. So, so would you for for if you were you know the the sporting director, would you go for a la puentista or a la volpista? Um, I I'm more of a la la volpista for my Atlante. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, John said that you were Atlantis. Yeah. 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 But so, but, uh, but, tec- but technically, you should be a Bucetechista because I mean, Bucetich <laughs> actually is the one that built that team. Well, yeah. You know, before La Volpe took over, Bucetich. <laughs> I, I, uh, I think, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, he had those teams in in, in the. Uh, who was it? Uh, Nessa. Uh, no, I, I forget the team, but he basically had the, a lot of those players in in La Volpe. If I'm not mistaken. You know, are you, credit, are, you, huh? are you are you trashing our guests' team? No, no. Well, <laughs> <all right. laughs> Good my spirit. No, but they did play very well my back in the day. Yeah, I, got, I got another mm-hmm. question for Michelle. Yeah. Hey, Michelle, uh, and then how do you evaluate your youth coaches? Like, uh, let's say, you know, how do you make a decision to to release a coach or, or to keep him on, you know, renew his contract? Uh, as far as your youth coaches. I think you you have to see the pros. Are your players uh, really uh, 
on, in sync with what their their the the first coach the first team wants because say you're in each of the first team and uh you 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 got yeah i don't know the uh, or the yeah the left wing right you're not gonna send the best player to play left wing you're gonna play the left winger for from the 20 and knows the basic how how the team plays and you see the, those things being coached in the in the youth teams right so it's the little details because as i mentioned it's not as important or at least in my point of view the results of if you're winning or losing it's are you developing the kind of players that the team needs so it'll be are are you developing players with the potential to be in my team Yes or no. If you're not doing it right, then you're not supposed to be here. Michelle, uh, you said earlier that you, you you see Mexico having a huge opportunity in the 2026 World Cup because of the advantages that they have. So you, you have an eight-year plan. Uh, you would have an eight-year plan in place. Who is your eight-year plan guy? Who do you hire for your for your eight-year plan? As my coach? Yep. I don't know if it's as a, like right now, I don't know if, if it's as important for right for the coach to start right away, and to for him to to follow the like the eight year, I think it's important. But as I mentioned, Hassan I knows how the the team plays. Uh, but uh, if you want me to say one name, it's gonna surprise you because uh, it's not out there. But I think the coach for me, in the 2026 World Cup, be Marcelo Michelet. The uh, current uh, Necaxa coach and the ex Sacatepec. I would bet a lot of money on that. Try to try to change subjects, but you know, I, I, yeah. After your comment about you know Sat, uh, you know, looking into uh, or you know wanting to look into the Mexican clubs, I was just doing a little quick uh, Twitter search. And uh, David Falcons from ESPN said, "En lo dicho, ante el desdeño del fútbol mexicano, el SAT levanta la mano para investigar las anomalías de los clubes." And like clockwork, yeah. the responses are: uh, "El que levantó la mano fue el paladín sultán y el emperador de Morelos, Cuauhtémoc Negro. Levantó la mano, cerró su puño y te metió un santo vergazo en todo los cinco." Sorry, sorry. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I just those are hilarious. I still find those hilarious. Like two, three years after the fact, you know, I still read these things. <laughs> sorry about it. So, so there you go. So you, you so Lanyon 2026. So if if if, uh, if if that's the case, who would you name then in 2022? I don't know. I'm really having a hard time, man. I'm really having a hard time knowing because I would I I would like Tuca to be honest uh, for right now as a bridge for 2026 uh, because in 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 the Liga MX I don't see I don't see right now who it would be a, I don't know if Miguel Herrera is a guy I don't I wouldn't like Almeida um, so maybe I don't know. Juan Carlos Osorio came out of nowhere, and I really like the guy. If they can find someone like that uh, for the next four years, and then bring another guy for like a continuing project, it's important that 
that whoever leads the team for the 2026 World Cup knows how the team is being developed. Uh, like everything about every player starting now. So would you want then your, your, your coach for 2026 to be an assistant in, in, in 2022? And then it just, just, if not, just if not an assistant, someone that is working or is being informed, it's like really in sync with what's going on right now. So they don't necessarily have to be part of the process as long as, long as they're up to speed with everything that's happening. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Well, Michelle, we do uh, uh, we, we do appreciate uh, you 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 coming on and, and joining us here on our episode 150. It was uh, it was it was very informative and uh, and and very entertaining. So I, I do want to thank you for 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 joining us and uh, and of course you're welcome to come back anytime you want. So we do uh, we do thank you. And uh, actually, I do have one last question if you don't mind before you go. I know that you said that that, that Cancun is not uh, hasn't really been a good fit with Atlante. Does Cancun have a whether Atlanta is there or not? Does Cancun have a have a have a, a viable future in, in Liga MX? Because it seems to me like that would be a city that lead that Liga MX would want to have a team in. Well, there's a lot of money in Cancun. Uh, it's a you need an, another stadium because there's a lot of hotels is, in Cancun too. Yeah, that stadium is not good. It's a horrible stadium. So. So you, maybe you need something to attract uh, the fans to go. Because if you want fans to go to to your to your stadium, you need to attract them by offering quality things. And right now, what they're being offered is not quality. Um, and there's there's a fan base. Yes, Cancun has a lot of uh, a big population, and they are still even though there's a lot of Americans, uh, spring breaking and whatever. Uh, there's a lot of Mexicans that enjoy soccer, um, so so yeah, I think I think it has the potential to be good, but things need to to change drastically. Okay, because to me, I think that uh, uh, Cancun would be a perfect place to have, a, you know, maybe a retractable roof stadium, so that it's you know you can <laughs> air conditions. I mean, to me, that would have been a perfect uh, a perfect World Cup city. Had Mexico uh, gone that way, but uh, because of the fact that it it's a it is a massive attraction, as you uh, as you pointed out, Michelle, thank you so much for joining us uh, again, uh, and good luck to, to to you and your future endeavors. And and and, and uh, I hope that uh, that Atlante can can make it back into in, into Liga MX, uh, uh, you know, hope you know the hard way, earning it on the field, and uh, and uh, we will. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you, we will have you, if, if we don't have you back on before, then we will have you back on uh, for you to celebrate uh, Atlantis' uh, rebirth in, in Liga MX. Great. Thank you. I really, really enjoyed this hour or so. And um, thank you for inviting me. I will be back anytime you, you ask. Well, thank you very so, much for joining us. Thanks, Michelle. Yeah. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was uh, Michel Richaud joining us here on the Cantina Mekis podcast, and we do thank him for coming on, joining us from Mexico City there in the, uh, the Camachalco neighborhood, which it was very close to where I grew up. I grew up in Loma Cipodromo, which was a literal like about f- a five-minute drive to the Camachalco. Uh, if you all are familiar with Mexico City, Avenida de las Fuentes is probably the main drag. It's also uh, very close to the Hipodromo and uh, 
and the military base there in uh, in Mexico City. Well, gentlemen, that was a very uh, uh, a very good helping of of uh, you know kind of the behind the scenes look at at, at a Liga MX team. And to me, uh, Joel, uh, Ron, the fact that Liga MX does not give uh, teams that come up from Ascenso that they don't they don't give them a purse, you know, a, a reward for coming up. That is, uh, that's tough. That makes it really tough for them to uh, compete. Yeah, I, I wonder how they work that out, you know, since I, I'm pretty sure what the other, other leagues has to do with, with like TV, with TV contracts. Well, yeah, the, what it is, I mean, they aggregate the TV contract. They, you know, they share the revenue there. So, yeah, I mean, like in the Premier League, they come up and they get just, just this massive injection of cash, you know, in the tens of millions, dozen, you know, you know 40, 50 million, you know, to help, to help them out. And you know the way that he was describing his uh, his work there in Zacatepec. I mean, you know, imagine if you know, and that's why I was wondering if they do get that injection, they go to first division. Do they get that injection to kind of help? Because you know he can't. There's no way that a guy can do. I mean, it, it's it, you know it's it's a minor league team, and there's no way that a guy can do everything that's required of him in a in, 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 in a major league capacity. It just it's no. just it's, it's just not possible. You know, it's not surprising because if you guys remember years back. I mean, a lot of times teams that will they would win promotion, they will quickly sell uh, the franchise, right? You know, and that was a big reason why. I, now you know it's it's because because they were able to make a profit and then maintain their team, supposed to like going into first division, and then you would most likely just lose money and then be relegated. And you know the Spanish consortium in uh, the in Club de Cuervos, they they did exactly that, right? They, they <laughs> promoted, and they sold it off. <laughs> now, now, profe, I thought that it was. Uh, you know, I was thinking about this, profe. I don't think that we should call you profe Camberrais, and we should call you el, 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 the Long Beach, Long Beach Westerhof, guys. <laughs> the Westerhof. <laughs> yeah, Long uh, Beach Westerhof. Maybe. I'm pretty close. Yeah. I think I'm pretty close. Yeah. Are you, are you and Hans tight? Uh, I, I think I work with much younger age groups than, than he would um, probably even bother with. Um, but, yeah, I think so. I think it's pretty, uh, you know, do a pretty good job there. Pretty confident of my work. Yeah, I like. I'll, good for you, Profe. You should be, man. You do you. Uh... I mean, it's frust- It can be tough, you know. It's, it's frustrating, and uh, um, I, I was. Oh tell, man. I, I was gonna tell M- M- Michelle one of the differences is you know over here the the customers the the parents so um, usually the the less informed parents are actually uh, are the ones that watch uh, more soccer, which so it can be interesting. You, you know, you know. Now I just now it came to me, and and I had a question I wanted to ask him, but I I couldn't remember. And it was um, it was like, you know, like La Tiendita de Cardoso, man. Like, what's up with that? You know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm actually 
you know, other other than a couple of 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 Igera questions, I I am really surprised that 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 didn't devolve into a, a just a complete you know Chivas meltdown. Just no, a, I. <laughs> Did the, no, hey, no. Hey, Jorge, did that did that bother you, the tiendita? <laughs> Dude, because because here's I, the thing: when you when they when they when they interviewed Amari Amari Vergara, yeah, they, and they, and they brought that up. Even Faitison, even Faitison said, "Hey, Jose Ramon, we did that 20 years." And 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 and, and he's and it's right because I remember in, in, in the Porte V and stuff like that, they used to have all these these products and stuff like that. Well, I mean, it's it's so uh, yeah. I mean, not only that, but I mean, you know, look at the wall behind him. The wall behind him are plastered with logos. I mean, the whole the whole thing is one big gigantic advertisement. I mean, whether yeah. whether the product is real or not. I mean, let's not forget that you couldn't interview a guy uh, a- after a game without you know four scantily clad ladies standing behind him with the word "tecate" printed all you know on, on the tops of their. Uh, I their would prefer logos. that, John. I, I would rather live in that world. And, but, and, but, me too. But, but, me too. But the, but the thing is, they, I mean, you're talking about guys, you know, you know, where they used to have what is it that those little Japanese Asian uh, little puppets and stuff like that. I mean, it's like I, I don't understand the criticism of, of of why, you know, why they criticize you think- for. No, no, yeah, because because it's done with other teams, and some of the other pictures started resurfacing, so it was just that it went viral. But I just think the way they they set it up, and and they just they kind of just bunched everything, you know, it was probably last minute. They just threw everything right in front of him. Nah, they didn't. And, they and they and had four he, products, it, and they just they did it. In granola. Order. This guy had a. It don't matter, dude. This, this, this yogurt, is granola, sodas, water. This, it look, it look this like is how most, pitiful it is, though. Look this at the most conscious stoner buying his munchy food. <laughs> this is how pitiful uh, this was, though. They they uh, put that stuff out, and then Amari goes on to on to Picante, and uh, and they even told them they said, "Well, you you could have just put out some uh, pantallas up there with the with the with the logos going back going forward and, and stuff like that." And what did they do the next day? Exactly that. So they were so out of touch. They didn't even they they probably if nobody would have criticized and it would have turned into memes and all this stuff, they would have probably just kept on doing it. I'll tell you what, on, uh, Picante gave them the idea. Maybe uh, maybe they did it on purpose to kind of take the take the edge off. No, the, but, the but that was you, you, with stuff like that, I I don't think it's the club because you have like uh, representatives. So so if I'm sponsoring. Someone, no, you know, they, they they send people to to set up the display to make sure that everything looks right. So, someone probably from the, you know, in charge with the whole sponsorship stuff. Trust they, me, they just it's 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 the club. I'm, I'm telling you, Hoyle, it's the club. <laughs> it's they just they sent some intern. They, they sent some intern and look at look <laughs> at the precedent though. Look at look what happened in the past. Look at Chivas TV and the modem that we the modem stuff that we make. That's the exact same thing. And then just recently. Uh, who, who did it? Who, who who's coming out with streaming? And they're going through Facebook. So that, that's and we even talked about it. The way to do streaming is not the way Chivas did. It. They did it totally wrong. The way to do streaming is whoever I think it's La Liga or somebody in the U.S. is doing streaming through Facebook. Well, no, it's uh, it's the Champions League. They're going to be the cha- uh, yeah, the Champions League. They're going to have you know because because not all the games are going to be you know when you be seen only has one channel like well the, and, the, and the, the other games. Well, they're going to be on ESPN. Uh, ESPN got the uh, the rights to Serie A, so so. Uh, no, but I heard you went to the stream, I believe, on Facebook. He's trying to get in somehow. 
Daniel Preciado. Daniel Preciado? Is he on? Did he join us? Daniel Preciado joined us. That was weird. Did you did you did you just come on, Daniel, or have you been trying like for an hour? Um, I hopped on for like a split second for a couple minutes, and then I had to drop off, and now I'm back. Well, we are. Uh, well, we have a uh, as as full of panels as we've had in a long time. We've just been missing. Uh, Is it as full as Cardoso? Raton. Cardoso yeah, press yeah, exactly. Conference. If, if if Cardoso's press <laughs> conference was going on right now, all six of us would be. <laughs> would, would would be would our, our bobbleheads would be would be right in front of him, and of course we'd have to go in order of uh, of, of 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 good looks. So you know, Ron would have to be first because I mean, you know, as far as, far as we know, Ron could be Cristiano Ronaldo. You know, we, I mean, the name Ronaldo is in his name, and there's also a you know, so who knows? <laughs> See? Yeah, I yeah. don't know. I might be. I'm a little skeptical. Are you? I think you're so, the best uh, looking out of, out of the bunch, John. Oh, stop it! So uh, you're probably right. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Dan, uh, we didn't get a chance to talk to you uh, or or anybody who talked about this last week with uh, the uh, the Mexican standoff in the in the Torreon uh, locker room there in Santos between Siboldi uh, and uh, and Al- Al- Alcoba, who apparently was. Uh, just a terrible influence in the uh, in the Unam locker room, which is why they they shipped them off. Uh, I I don't remember the full details of uh, of what happened, but uh, in your estimation, Dan, it's uh, it was uh, it was it, it was tough sledding for Santos. They have to go through that. And and Dan, tell me then, tell me then what happened after that tumultuous week. Well, uh, I mean. I don't really know exactly what happened. Obviously, they got into a fight, um, and I guess they decided to that the coach needed to leave. I guess uh, I obviously I, I don't know what happened. I don't know what 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 was said to to, to lead it to that direction. I think What's he took to be he a took the, the captain's armband from him, and and then that he he complained to Sivoldi, and Sivoldi said, "You know what? It was the directiva," and then the player went to the directiva and said. We didn't say anything. Yeah, I mean, I I, I heard the story, but I, I guess my whole thing, I just, I don't know, it just seems odd. But you know, whatever. Like it, it, it it's disappointing because he, I thought he was really good. Um, this is gonna, I don't know. I guess at this point, I'm I'm just hoping that the the team's able to to plug somebody in and and just keep the keep the keep the ball rolling, which so far. So, so far, so good. Actually, locker room, terrible. locker room torn to pieces. Dan torn to pieces with, with with this. Interim coach comes in, tough, tough road trip ahead of them, where where it it, it, it could all crater, and you know at and, and you know playing at a at, a, at oh. an hour where we're on national national television in, in two countries, the entire world is watching Dan. What what happened? Are you talking about? Uh, oh well, you know, oh. a lot of a lot of people uh, were just assuming. I don't know. It's weird, you know. I guess this is a sign of, of the type of a team that that I'm a fan of. You know, the team gets so little attention that even after they've won a championship, they're still automatically assumed underdogs in most of their in most of their matches. I heard a lot of uh, Chivistas just assuming that they were going to be riding the ship. You know, this is a 
a winnable game. Somebody, somebody I believe wrote. they called. I believe the term "gordiwapa" was was thrown around. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine that? <laughs> so, um, so yeah. Is that you, Hoyle? Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I, I, I said slump buster. <laughs> you know, I, I have. I have I have some 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 sound from that. Let me see. Oh, hang on. Let me, oh no no. There's. Let me see if I can find it. Joel, um, give me. So I hit the wrong I, button. I'd rather so, not. Are you sure? Here, here we go. El America, man, is I, una mierda. I did it again, Joel. I keep hitting the wrong button. I keep hitting the wrong button. <laughs> no, you you know what? Just just to to answer Dan, we we have to keep keep in mind that that um, Santos sold off pretty much their key players. Tijanini, they sold off their two top defenders, which was Skerdos and, and Nestor. So, I mean, they they were a team that kind of almost cleaned house. And then losing the coach, you would think they would be a bit shaken up. up. So, I mean, if it was the time to beat them, it would have been then. But, I mean, it, it is the zombie life. Team hasn't won there since October. I, I clarified it. Except in Copa, they, except in Copa MX. Yeah, yeah, but they haven't won a league, a league game, I should say. You know, this they is. They Copa, huh? This is another uh, one of of of, of Fernando's. Uh, of, it, it's like the it's like the <laughs> the Fernando curse. You know, the, he cursed Giovanni by 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 saying what he said. He he has he has cursed Chivas by saying that they're going to win the Copa and make his campeonissimo. It's, it's like it's like it's like one of the. One of one of the the, the, the truths, the Fernando's truths, is is coming to be. They're going to be terrible in the league, but man, they're going to they're going to win a boatload of of, of Copa Mekis trophies. Vamos a Minerva, Joel, to celebrate the Copa Mekis. Oh, no, I don't they're, see they're, the fans celebrating anymore. They're going for it a little early too. They're. Uh, it seems like even at the beginning of the season, they've given up on the, the league. And they're going for the Copa. <laughs> nah, that's not it. But, you know, I don't want to stray, stray from Santos' talk. I feel like there's something going on where it's like, I, I didn't see the players try to get the coach back. You know how it usually happens? They come and out in favor have, of them. Yeah, or, or back them up or, or, you know, make... And I didn't I didn't see anything on, I, on that. I seriously, I seriously doubt that... Um... That the players, at least the important, I guess, uh, leaders of the team, wouldn't have been consulted on some level as to, hey, what what do you guys think? What went down? I would like to think that they were consulted, and, and ultimately the team decided that that maybe the coach should go. Man, that's I, pretty I, brutal. I was just shocked that it was you know Uruguayo contra Uruguayo, man, because I remember that's you know when they won it last you know last season. There was what about in between the coach and there was what four or four year year one players. You would think that they would stick together, man. You know, Ron. What what would you what would you pay more to see? Charrua contra Charrua or Chiva contra Chiva? Chiva contra Chiva. <laughs> but I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know. I mean, I didn't. I didn't know that 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 was the reason that Kobe left Pumas because he was a. Uh, that that, that was a that was apparently what had happened. I mean, of course, this comes out after after this happens, which makes you wonder why you know if that's the case, then why did the coach leave and not the player? And and the other thing was they were saying is that Sivaldi didn't even request him. Uh, you know what? It's like I, I've 
you know, every time there's always been an altercation between a player and a coach, it's usually the player that, you know, gets separated. And right. This, to me, this just, to me, was odd, completely odd. Well, I mean, to the, the but, guy running but, Santos, um, I forget his name. Uh, the dude with the uh, cowboy hard hat? Yeah. It's that guy? <laughs> Iñar- <El Inque. laughs> yeah. Iñar- yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he is, he is like Guillera in many ways. He just knows how to how to like carry himself better. I I think I think Siboldi, you know, there, there's a there's a comment that, for example, you know, Juan Carlos Osorio said, you know, that you know he would leave the team, you know, under three circumstances: if he no longer had the respect of his players, if the players did not, you know, I, I forget there was three things, but it was basically, you know, the gist of it was that. I think that's probably why Siboldi left is because you know what. I know, but it makes it weird right after you won the league title. You know what? You know, it's like, you know, like, you know, like Osorio said, yo me hago respetar. I mean, it probably is one of those things with Siboldi. It's like, you know what? You know, this is the shit that's going to happen right now within the club. I'm out. And, and. Well, the whole staff, the whole staff left too. I mean, it wasn't just him. I mean, there was the, it was him and his. Yeah. So, so, so maybe. He says, he says in his statement that he was. Por traición, mentira, yeah. and going against his uh, code of uh, of ethics. Yeah. So I think I think he was doing his job, and he he took the the capitan from the dude. He he benched him, which was part of his job. That's his that's his responsibility. That's, that's his and I, th- and I think he got pushback from that. Alcoba might have cried, and he got pushback. He didn't get the support that he wanted. That's that's how I'm reading it. And he didn't like that, and he was like, "Okay, I'm out." From what so his statement said, says. So, so, so you're saying that he took the basketball away and said that, uh-uh. Well, I mean, it's, it seems to me, yeah, it's like, I'm going home. You guys can't play anymore. Is, uh, <laughs> is the, the, you know, the, the story that said, well, he, he was, he, he took the captain's armband away. And then the guy, and then, and then he said, well, you know, the, the directiva is making me do it. So the guy asked the directiva. It seems to me like, uh, like you said, uh, Joel, you know, this is an Uruguayan, I don't think an Uruguayan coach would, 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 would ever, would ever take that position when it comes to, you know, as a coach and how he deals, I'm sure he's like, Hey, it's my team. I decided, you know, I don't think that he would ever say, Oh, the front office is making me do it. Yeah, exactly. You know? And yeah, so it's, uh, it, it just seems like the whole thing is, uh, it, it's, as Dan said, you know, you know, this guy's a good coach. I don't know if this is something that, you know, that has tainted him, but, but, it, but it seems like, uh, you know, in his statement, you know, obviously, there was there was a, a, a some form of, of trust was violated big time with him and someone, whether it's a player or or, or, a, or a front office person or whatever it is. I, I would and, say Iñarogi, and you know even even see how how Chepo and and um, and um, damn Galindo left. They left almost similar circumstances. Yeah, Someone but they, 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 didn't leave, they didn't leave pounding some guy in the locker room. Well, no, but it wasn't, it wasn't like anything. Like, like even what happened with Tivoldi, it wasn't that big of a deal to say, you know, to, to, to just quit. I don't know quit. about that. I mean, let's just assume that the story is true. That's extremely unethical of a coach. What's well, unethical just, of the coach? If a player is upset with you and because you're not playing him, why are you going to bullshit him and say that 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 your bosses told him to do it when it was your decision? No, I think that's a lie. Like, though. 
Yeah, so but that's, that's, why, that's why Dan said, I assume that, 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 that that's Assuming true. that's true, then yeah, I mean, okay. I, I think that's just... It's, it's if that's pushing. true, then, then I, I could see why they would maybe, like, say, yeah, yeah, I think you should leave, dude. Like, I mean, or, or resign if you, like, please resign, because it's kind of BS. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're causing uh, issues, and you're basically saying you're putting it on us. If it's if you don't like the player, don't play him. And they they know Santos has got rid of the players, so so losing a head coach isn't really going to damage much in their current state. So it's not really like that. You know, and then and then, and then the funny thing is, like, you know, again, is that after all this happens, the team goes out and and and, and gets a win. And they even mentioned on the on the broadcast that that Santos hasn't hasn't lost in Guadalajara since 2012. So Santos has won more games. Oh, in, 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 in Guadalajara. <laughs> then, uh, then, oh, then it's a longer win streak in Guadalajara than Guadalajara does. Home they, away from home. They should share that with Pumas, John, because Pumas hasn't won in, in Guadalajara. Well, in 1982. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time. They did, they did they recently were... beat Atlas, though, because they had a record yeah. going. And that one and was like, like just... back to 2006 that they hadn't beaten Atlas. And and that's embarrassing to not beat Atlas, you know, anywhere. But I'm just <laughs> but, well, they might break the streak, John, if they get to play this season. Yeah, Pumas, you know, for for a month has been has been in first place. They've been the leaders in first place for a month, and Cruz Azul has been right. Oh uh, yes, right. In fact, in fact, the the league right now, the top the top three teams are are Pumas from Mexico City, Cruz Azul from Mexico City. And study, and then of course Club America from Mexico City, where their stadiums. Of course, Cruz Azul is now playing at the Azteca, which oh my God, are, and, and are you know five what? miles apart. Yeah, we said, and Necaxa and Atlante should still be in Mexico City, and I guarantee you, they could host two more clubs, two other clubs. Oh, dude, Mexico they could City have they could have five more clubs in Mexico City without any problem at all. I mean. These three clubs are in are are in the, the, the again their stadiums are, are and he, and this is even with Yasul we're no less than five miles apart. Well, you, you know, and, and I think where where they messed up like in Mexico by not like like not making it more, you know, like like the rivalries could be by suburbs, you know. Sure. Or or I don't, I don't know what's it called by sections. Colonies. Of, 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 yeah, there you go. And and I just not pushing that. I think that just they missed out on that. Well, I mean, you know, you know, think of think of the northern part of the city with 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 Tacuba and Satellite, and uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Indios Verdes, and I mean, there there is n- there is nothing there there are no there's no, and there's you know easily 15 million people up there. So if, if they want to go see a game, they got to drive you know 45 minutes to an hour down south. Hopefully, yeah. los bur- hopefully los burros blancos get promoted. <laughs> yeah, but 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 they're but they're in the south too. No, they're they're, they're up north. They're up north. Oh, are they? Yeah, because uh, oh, I'm, I'm thinking yeah. Polytechnicals up up north, and uh, and I remember that because my dad, uh, but that's an alum from there. Yeah, that, that's where I agree with Ron. Which I remember Ron talking about this way back, way way back. Yeah, in fact, in, just, yeah, in, in the book, and, and and this is a book written, if I'm not mistaken, in 1955, which I have. It's called a, a, a football Mexicano Janos Hoven from Carlos. I forget his name, uh, and he ta- and, and he talks about Pumas, uh, Pumas and Politécnico, and stuff like that. So I mean, it's like I, I wish, you know, tech, you know, Politécnico is now in the third division, and I actually follow them on Twitter and stuff like that. I'm I'm hoping, I really do hope that they uh, 
that they can get into that the first division in the next 10 years or so. No, but but you you would talk about on how how when the FMF was restructured and how the amateur sector was completely cut off. No, oh, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, they, they used to control the majority. Yeah, they, they had seventy. They had seventy percent of the votes, and then next thing you know, the first division owners said bullshit. And yeah, but also, <laughs> also remember that the amateurs are uh, the ones that had all the money. Because it was, I mean, uh, you know, no, they, 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 didn't the they, they didn't have the money. They didn't have the money. They had the control. They had the control. They had to control the federation. And right. and as last, you know, uh, and they were desperate because they knew that they were going to lose power, and they tried to even go to FIFA and. FIFA just, you know, they they were gonna, they didn't say anything. They were just gonna wish we the winner of the battle. But and but you know, like, but but losing that, losing that that whole amateur sector where it's like, they're, you know, like not not um, how you say, impulsando the yeah. sport and and like even like at the high school and collegiate level and and to get like, cause cause you know how it could be even with like high school teams. You have rivalry with the school from across, you know, then the high school just down over in ASS kids. There's already like a rivalry there. And it's it's something you see like a lot in Argentina with, with you see a lot of these clubs that they're not that far from each other. And there's like just big rivalries, you know. You know what? I, I, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want it back the way they had it before where the amateur sector had more power because I, I, I'm a strong one for oh, yeah, that. When when you have your money, when you have you know skin in the game, it means a little bit more to you to do things right. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and uh, I think even though sometimes they mess up, I, I think that you know with the club owners having more of the control, I, I think I think it, I think it's better. I'm not saying that it's the the, the the ideal solution or the ideal way, but I'd rather take what we have now than what we had before. No, I, I agree with you, Ron. I'm just saying they shouldn't abandon it completely. Like they should have still invested some money at least, and especially if the government's not doing it, just you're, you're, you know, right. building parks and, and and putting up fields and stuff like that. No, I, I think you're right. In fact, you know, uh, I mean, I think they tried for a while. I mean, they had that Liga Universitaria sponsored by the federation, and but I just, I, I just think I also think it's a, it's a matter of the press. I mean, they they don't. I've always, you know. They spent years knocking the, the 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 second division. They've always referred to it, you know, as el infierno, no, the, el calvario, going down to you know to the to the to the to a crap league. So I mean, I, I just think that the press has never really been able to market it, and and, and it hurts them because I mean, if they were able to market it, it would mean it would mean more jobs for them as well, you know. So I don't know. I just, yeah. I just wish that they, they would market it better. So here are the uh, the names of the uh, of the first uh, the first liga liga mexicana it was América, mm-hmm. Centro Unión. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the same team. That's, a, that's the same team. América Centro Unión. Yeah. Uh, Amical Frances Asturias, mm-hmm. British club Deportivo Español Deportivo Internacional España, España de Veracruz, Germania, and then you have uh, uh, Junior Tigres. That's that's from Veracruz. Mexico Cricket Club, San Pedro Golf Club, Mexico Country Club, El Club de Golf Mexico, Club Mexico, Morelos, Orizaba, Pachuca, Popo Park, or Popo the, Park. No, the Popo, it was the Popo Packaging Company. Not, 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 not the Popo that's knocking on my door. No, not, not that one. <laughs> Puebla, a Reforma, which I've been to the Reforma Club. That was, that's also, by the way, it's at Tlalnepantla is where... Uh, 
the poli is. Yeah. Uh, rovers, uh, which is just east of Satellite, and, and uh, uh, Trandias. Those Trans- were the Trans- eventually became Necaxa. Yes, it did. You're exactly. And then, uh, yeah, the, then the Reforma Club actually was the, they were the ones that won the most titles back then. They, they were, uh, which was, uh, which I, which I found fascinating because that's like you know of all the crazy super duper exclusive clubs that was the only one I because I, I had a buddy that, that that belonged so like once every six months I'd get to go to the they had great parfaits yeah, I do remember that to the to the reformer club they, they, uh, Club España still actually exists uh, yeah so does Club 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 Mexico too yeah I mean there's about there's about four or five of them that te- that they're, the clubs still exist in Mexico City but they just you know they're they're actual social clubs. Yeah. And, you know, this was something that Tom brought up when he was on the show uh, when we were previewing England for the World Cup, where he was saying that he, you know, to him, you know, where, where uh, you know, cities all over England have, you know, 10, 11, 12 clubs, you know, even even the smaller cities have four or five. He said the fact that Mexico City only has three and then and the fact that they're so close together, is just, it just, it, it, it boggles his mind. He says it just, it's just completely doesn't make sense. So I, I, w- I personally would also like to see, uh, you know, I think a team in, in Satellite or the north part of the city, uh, if they were going to, uh, would be a would be a huge rival, rival that would be a huge rivalry game with, with America if they did that, if, they, if they did a north versus south in in uh, in Mexico City. Yeah, you know what, John, I agree, but but I still feel that they they need at least this is where Copa Mexico be used, you know, or other similar tournaments to to uh, to push these rivalries. Because because even uh, even even back when uh, you had like Tecos, you know Tecos and and it, it just didn't seem like much of a rivalry when when they would play Atlas or Chivas. But but you know, you know and I, and I, then there's 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 one thing that's one thing that you know that that Tom and, and, and you know kind of has overlooked because right now I mean we can look at a, a Google Maps of Mexico City and, and and think there should be you know. Ten clubs there, and and and, and yeah, I mean, there should be. But if you look, like, and, and this goes, you know, I mean, you can take pictures of the 1960s, and like, for example, when you know when Azteca was built, look at those old pictures, and there's nothing around there. So it's not like those neighborhoods existed, you know, 50 years ago. You know, um, so it's it's. I, I don't think that you know. I, I don't think that Mexico City was ever like because a lot of these you know a lot of these towns and and, and, and just started to pop up like after the '60s. So I, I think that I think that for Mexico City, I think you know five to seven teams probably should be the limit. Um, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if you know they'll ever get to that point. I hope, I hope that, like I said, I hope that you know Politecnico, you know, comes through. That would be really cool. That would be nice. Uh, that would be uh, it, it would be good to have them. Yeah. So the Reformer Club uh, won won six of the uh, uh, of the early titles. They won six in, in, in six years, which uh, I, I did find. Uh, you know which uh, you know which team uh, broke the foreign stranglehold? No, I do not. Back in the what is in the twenty twenty what was it twenty three twenty four twenty five and twenty six years I think that in like nineteen twenty three nineteen twenty four and that's eventually the team that's eventually the team that went to the uh, the nineteen twenty eight uh, Olympics <laughs> and, and the World Cup. 
What team was that? America. You know, back when, you know, before, you know, Chivas was, uh, you know, patting and patting themselves on the back about Puro Mexicano. It was all America. <laughs> I'm just saying. Chingwe, uh, su madre el America. That was before Televisa, though. What's that? Back in the 20s, that was before Televisa, right? So, I mean, wasn't it like a Jesuit school? It was a group of, you know, students and stuff like that. Was it Cumbres? Because Cumbres is a big Jesuit school in New Mexico City. Yeah, was They were from the Santa Maria de la Rivera neighborhood. Uh, I, I don't I don't remember the name of the uh, of the school so but it was, was like, that actually yeah because America was was two two clubs that became one so they could actually be a they well, could actually they, be called United yeah that's, and that's why they were for a while Centro Union you know they uh, they started oh off yeah Union United yeah yeah so so they were America and then they changed to to Centro Union and but then they went back to America it's a good a good marketing decision there. Well, not anymore. It's, I mean, it's, 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 hard, it's hard to say Centro Union. It's just, you know, just, it doesn't, doesn't roll off the tongue as well. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you know, you know try, 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 try and, and replace it. America. Just, it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work. So anyway, so, so we have three teams, Chilango teams, uh, at the top of the table. And then Santos is, is right there. So, so it, 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 it's Chilangos and, 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 and Torreón and down at the bottom, Pachuca. And, and Chivas. And, and Chivas and, and Chaflas. Chivas and Chaflas. Chaflas and money back then, John. No, no I'm Maybe talking about right there. now. I'm talking about in, in the Liga MX, oh, Clausura 2018. Oh, we're, we're, we're back to current times. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, now, hey, John, John. Look at the old tables, and you'll see that Pachuca was also a part of those. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they were they were mentioned that. Yeah, they were they, yeah. they were there. They, they've been and, around since 1910 or whatever. Yeah. And this is and this is why I keep telling uh, Joel and this and like you know he you know when they say that America doesn't have in reality they don't have 12 titles they have you know what is it 16 17. It's because <laughs> technically it was not just a Mexico City League. You had teams from other cities, Pachuca, you know, uh, Veracruz. It's still like amateur, that. though, Ron. Uh, it's still amateur. <laughs> but FIFA. Oh, by the way, speaking of which, <laughs> with with uh, with already, with uh, the World Cup, you know, coming to Mexico, and obviously, uh, and even for the one or two in Qatar, they're gonna obviously the leagues are gonna have to, you know, have a different format. Are you gonna be okay with that Pro de Twenty Two season? Oh man. The, 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 it depends what? how they do it, Ron. More importantly, more importantly, Hoyle, more importantly. So, like, if Chivas wins, wins the Pro de 22, are you going to put an asterisk? I would, man. I, I mean, it depends because that that one probably was like eight games total. That's it. So, they just play like eight games. And how are how you going to claim a league championship? Would you. You didn't okay, even okay. play each team from the league. You just played eight games. All right, so <laughs> we're gonna, you know how we how we play the uh, the uh, the uh, M uh, the, the the MKF game. So I'm going to ask you if, uh, given the choice between uh, between a prode 
a Copa MX, and I guess a Conca Champions. We'll throw that in there. How, how would you how how would you rate them? Would you rate them like like what should would this would this? Oh, man, I keep hitting the wrong button. Chinga, let's hear. Here we go. So we have that. We have that one, right? And then we have. And then and then of course we have the. Uh... Yes. So. Conca so. Champions gets gets uh, Chente. Okay. Uh huh. Copa MX gets uh gets uh man Nat King Cole. Nat King Cole. And then so, that, so, okay. the pro they the pro they would go to to the king. Uh, so the so the so the pro they the pro they is is in your mind the the least. If it's eight games, yes, glamorous. guys. You playing just four or five games? That's that's not even shouldn't even be called the league title. <laughs> Well, let's think about this. So, so if they start it in July and then they, and they, all they have to do is not play Liga and it's done, and they're going to just have a seventeen-game season, and yeah, uh, that, that would be a very satisfying uh, a tournament win for somebody. Yeah. Or at the very least, yeah. let the top two let the top two play. Well, but see, that's that's the thing with Prode and Ron laughs because he knows this. It, it was meant to be like as a, it was it was given like a cup format, so it was it was kind of seen as a cup tournament. And then later they said, "Well, it counts as a league title." That's that's where my criticism comes from. It's like, wait, oh, so it, was, so it was added. It was added after the fact. Yeah, that's that's pretty much. That's that's honestly, much, but, I think that 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 is a little uh, that is a little that is some weak tea, sir. That is weak tea. Wait, for me? Yeah, it's it, it's it's just, it's just a matter of semantics. <laughs> Well, I mean, league, league. You you would think if you are a league champion, you play every team from that league. Well, it, it doesn't always one. work. It doesn't always work that way. Yeah, but but I guess like all the teams did compete. So, I mean, you could you could argue your a point, you know. But but for me, I would like to see my team play every team to be better than every team, not just than the group you were given. So what you're saying is that you would like to see Mexico play World Cup qualifiers starting from the first stages of the no, World Cup. No, no, that's, that's not, no, 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 that's qualifying, man. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, league, just league. You and, because man, me, even, you and I don't like league, yeah, I, I never really liked it. It's exciting, yes, I'm not denying it, but I, I would prefer to not have it. I would rather just have even if you're going to have a short season, just have it by points. And then you could just have Copa. You know, you could have like a different Copa MX, and you could even have another Copa if you wanted to. And Chivas, the, the Copa MX Campeonissimo, is being built. <laughs> being built as we, as we speak. Uh, as we speak. So who, who do you see taking the title this this year then? You know, I never got to make uh, any kind of. Uh, you know, I've been sticking with Cruz Azul for the past couple of years, and uh, and I do think that they have a they have a chance. But uh, it's going to be. Uh, I, I always think that the Apertura is a lot more exciting than the Clausura, just because the teams are a little fresher. So I don't know. I'm I'm still going to stick with with Cruz Azul for the for the third tournament in a row. 
you know what? The, you know the fact that America is generating a lot of gold right now. It, it's like, mm. I mean, if they can keep it up, you know, into week ten, you know, at least the way they're generating plays, it's like maybe, maybe, you know, I'll I'll, I'll call it. You know, because I mean, they're 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 really starting to generate a lot of gold. Yeah. You know, gold opportunities. You're uh, the hairs in the back of your neck are are are, are thinking about maybe considering the possibility that maybe in a couple of weeks we might start standing up. Uh, normally I, I so, say it's too early, too early to tell right now, but it's just, I mean, the fact that they're just generating goal after goal opportunity. And, so and, and, and are, are, your, and are your eyebrows fully raised or are they just three quarters raised? With, three quarters with, right three, now. Okay. So three quarters. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I will say this. I, I think that they're, that they should be a shoe in at least for the semifinals, like I did last last uh, last tournament. Um, just making sure that you know players are healthy, and because I mean last year there was a hospital, and, and even to a certain degree this year we've had you know already a couple of injuries. Uh, I mean I you know I think Menez is still you know uh, the French uh, the Frenchman I think he's still uh, uh, still injured. And I know that there was yeah, another player. Yeah, he's been player. injured twice. He's, uh, he had a broken collarbone last season, and yeah. this injury this season, he has bad luck. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and he's, and he's been a good player when he's played. That, 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 that's been the unfortunate part. Yeah. And I think I forget the other player. I mean, uh, there was another player that got injured in spring training. Uh, fuck, forget his name. Um, but if they if they can remain healthy uh, – I think I think I think that they they could make it to the play uh, to the finals. I'd like to see them make. I'd like to see them play the Copa MX finals just to give the Copa MX, you know, le, you know, to give it legitimacy. You know, sorry, sure. sorry, Coyle. <laughs> 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 um, that so, uh, you know, the, the the thing that I like about Cuba America right now, and I think that this is what. Uh, what Michelle was touching on earlier, but they're not, they're not necessarily doing it on on as big a scale. But if if, if you're Mexican and you, and you have the talent, you're going to play on Cuba America, and you know regardless of how old you are. I mean, they have they have three or four guys that are in their you know, late teens, early twenties that are that are playing and contributing and doing very well. Yeah, for, for, for Cuba America. It's fun and. And and Diego Lenez obviously are the standouts, but there's like three, like you said. Yeah, the the, I, they, the, the left winger who's been outstanding. The, the, the guy who wears number two, I can't remember what his name is. He's really good. Yeah, they they, they have uh, I think I think he's Lopez. I'm sure yeah. there's an Americanista that'll. Was it Garcia? No, I'm just kidding. It's uh, was it? No, it's not Leiva. No, not Leiva. Um, but uh, I think what there's two teams that have already honored the uh, the the minutes required. In, right, in and, and America is one of them. Yeah, so in week four. Yeah, and I'm happy about that. I'm, I'm happy yeah. about that. So that should so that so I think that, Ron, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna upgrade your your three quarters eyebrows raised. I think that with 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 about four or five chin scratches as well to go. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You know this 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 team really really might have something. It uh, yeah it, it would. Uh, it, it, it would not surprise me. So, so you, so you're thinking America. Hoel, did you ever, did you ever make a pick, Hoel, for a, a month in? Well, I, I know it's not Chivas. No, I did. Um, there was a day that uh, Al was hosting. Oh, okay. You had you had to leave early. Let me bring it up. And uh, yeah, I said 
I, I said I saw a, another Monterrey final. Oh, okay. Tigres, Tigres Rayados. I, I, I see them both right. reaching the final. That, I, I no. do think America's candidate, and uh, I see Cruz Azul going far. I'll say this about Cruz Azul. If they play America and Cruz Azul basically just falls, you know, face down flat, <laughs> it could have some repercussions because it's, it seems like in the past couple of years, America is their kryptonite, you know? And uh, they already got rid of uh, that one guy. He's not scared anymore. Oh, uh, oh no, he retired. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they're not scared anymore, man. No, 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 no. no. But, 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 run. He can't scout a huge influence that Pelias is going to be, and I think he's going to be the turning point. But I mean, no, j- just it, the way he built Pelias, Pelias could, could 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 go back into Azteca and just you know feel you know a little intimidated. You know? Honestly, honestly, oh. do you think <laughs> that would happen to Pelias? Honestly, and uh, he, 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 they, they're already playing all on. their home games at Azteca, man. Yeah, they're right. So in fact, fact that they are, in that not stadium. only are they, yeah, not only that, but they they are outdrawing Cuba America by, by, by a long shot. Oh, oh. You know, the, the, so I'm, I'm being serious. Pelais may not even get a Pelais may not even get a palco. They may just put them in in, in, in sold, you know, over there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oye tú, vete, you know. You know Did I ever tell you Mr. Uh, my story of, of 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 getting lost at the Azteca? No, because you think because you see a ton of things. Oh, this will pop you out because we wanted to get shots from a, from one of the uh, you know just from a, a position in the in the stadium. So we go down this tunnel. We end up finding this this gigantic mountain of ice. That's just, that, that's just there, oh. and it was it was blocking whatever was was uh, was on the other side of that. So we had to turn around and walk the the, the next hundred and fifty yards or whatever it was to get out of there. It was uh, it was it was very strange. Very strange at the at the side. That's huge. It's very big. Hey, the, the other thing to to take into account is that Elias knows Piojo. Piojo is the dude that would have to explain to Elias what he was going to do tactically or why he did certain things. And then this this coming from Piojo. Piojo has said it before how they, how they would work. Did you did you that? did you guys ever huh? see that? Did you guys ever see that video of uh? Pelais and, and Piojo fighting when they were players. Yes. When, when he calls him a caballero inglés. No, el Pelais, Pelais called, uh, Pelais called, what's his name, uh, Piojo, el, 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 el indio. And oh, they, the first. <laughs> they were fighting and shit. And, and, then, and it's funny because the very first day when, you know, Pelais was, uh, Pelais and, uh, and Piojo uh, were having a press conference with, with America. I, for, I forget the dude, the reporter, but he brought it up and he tried to show the, the clip and, and, you, and just the, the facial expression on Belais and, and Piojo was just hilarious. Oh, we're, we were just two very competitive uh, athletes. You know, that was basically the response, he, you know? He, yeah, Piojo says, ni, ni que fueras, ni que fueras uh, something in English or something. Yeah, something like that. It was hilarious. <laughs> I don't know, man. I I I think that's going to be a really good matchup. This uh, this uh, I think that's going to be a really good matchup. So so you're calling Ron? Are you calling a a, a, 
final en casa? Uh, no, I just think I just I, I think that you know you know I, like I said you know America's been their kryptonite for for a while now you know. And well, do you think it, that they'll beat in the final? Um, I'd like for another final. I, I think you know obviously. Obviously, I haven't. Obviously, I didn't watch the very first one, the one that was painted back in the seventies. I wasn't even right. born yet, but I, I mean, the the Cruz Azul one back in the late eighties. I, I, I still remember. I have vague memories of that one, um, and then obviously, the one in two thousand thirteen that was fucking beautiful. Uh, but you know, America, like in, in league yes, and and. and Playoffs. America has way better numbers than uh, than Cruz Azul in the head-to-head. They do. Uh, they, they do best them uh, quite a bit. Chiki, so uh, who did you have for your for your uh, for your pick to win it all? Uh, I went with the Monterrey again. I remember actually I said Cruz Azul and Monterrey was my big disappointment. I do remember that. I do remember that. Dan, Dan, did, did uh, I don't know if you if you were on that show, so we haven't even we may not have asked, you may not have been able to give your opinion. Is there is there a is there a team you're soft on, Dan, for the to make it all the way? America, maybe Cruz Azul. Those are the two teams that I think are probably are looking like favorites. I have no faith in the in Monterrey. No, and and Tigres looks like they're. Uh, they're aging. It looks yeah, like I don't know. Their their epoca might be uh, might be coming to uh, coming to uh, to an end. But I will say, uh, well, at least their players uh, match their coach. Well, but but Tuca is doing Past it. Oh, stop it! Stop it! <laughs> oh my goodness! I don't just I just no le voy a discutir con usted. So, so Michel uh, Richard actually picked. Uh, he, he he wants Tuca to come in and coach the national team. So, a, a, add another one to the to the Tuca train. Even though he's already said no, I'm sure they can. Who he convince him otherwise? I'm sorry, man. I, That's okay. Everyone's in, you know. I, I know. I know. I know. It hurts your feelings. Hey, I, it doesn't hurt my. You know, it's it's just because Tuca and I have had a. A relationship for 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 a long time. It's uh, it's okay. It's everyone is entitled to their opinion, and you know when uh, when 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 Tuca takes you know Mexico to the semifinals. Now his contract ends in twenty twenty, right? Yeah. Tigres. How convenient. <laughs> yeah. See, I think that that's I just, I just I just don't think Tuca wants to do the the Gold Cup. The Gold Cup. He just doesn't want to do it. It's going to, you know, Mexico has to win it, dude, or else no confederations. But I don't, I don't know if they're going to, I don't know how they can have the confederations because you can't but, do a winner confederations. Yeah, I know, I know. So, I mean, they're probably going to have to do it in another country. And honestly, though, it, it what good is it? I mean, I, I understand that, it, but I think Mexico at this point is probably putting a little too much importance in it. Maybe, maybe getting the summer off isn't a bad thing, or at least that that you know that tournament like uh, before. Dan, you're forgetting uh, 
it's the TV stations that run to the the national team. No, yeah, that, no, you're right. It's you're important. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's another chance to, to, to bring in money. No, I mean, that, that that's never, we no all know that, that, that that's the first uh, factor being weighed at, most heavily also, that, that is the money. Yeah, I agree with you, though. Don't tell Pern that because he's still mad at Guatemala Blanco for not going to Confederations Cup. Calls him a traitor. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I tell you what, man, I would. I would be, uh, you know, you know, Fernando has uh, his 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 eerie ways of of making his predictions come true, or or. Except uh, when it came for Monterrey, or, uh, any, any prediction regarding like his team fell flat on like, his face. I think he's got a room full of voodoo dolls. He must. I, I remember I was in Mexico at the time when uh, Mexico was playing the Confederations Cup, and I remember like all the. The TV, you know, like I mean, not like I bought, would buy them, but I would walk by, and I would see like the TV notas and record and stuff like that, and you would see, like the team training camp, you know, and then you would they would show pictures of a Guatemoc Blanco at the at the beach, you know, and it's like ah oh, Jesus, you know, I just thought that was really funny. Good old Fern, good old Pern. That is uh... hey hey back on to back on the Tuca thing. I think Tuka goes with the uh, – Tuka's smart. He's not going to go with the national team. And it goes to the saying that's in Batman, you either die a hero or you live long enough to become the villain. And he's not going he's not to do that. He's not going to go to the national team, play Morleros, and end up losing, like, the Gold Cup or losing, you know, going three and out in confederations or whatever, or even the World Cup. That's a, does, That's a risk. That's a risk. So who, who do you give what? it to? Piojo? Uh, I mean, in, in, in Liga MX, well, I, I know who Joel would pick. Actually, uh, I think both Joel and Dan are on the on the on the on the, on the Rafa Puente. Yes, uh, on, the, on the SS uh, Rafa Puente. I think the Almeida ship has sailed. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. Yeah, that. Uh, yeah, he uh, he got some bad uh, some bad advice. Their 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 strategy did not. Uh, well, you know, of course, we say that now. You know, think you know when when options one, two, and three don't work out. You know, he might be option four. And he, he was a, he was he rumored to to possibly go to Santos too. So who knows? Really? What about who? What about I Almeida. <laughs> oh. Ooh! <laughs> I'll tell you what—that would be good for our show. It'd be funny. <laughs> I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind. What about what about Diego Alonso? I think he would be an excellent choice, and he and he is—he would be the guy I would choose. Ah, uh, it's tough. It's a tough choice. But 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 here's the thing, dude. I you know, and, and I don't think you know they should criticize. I mean, obviously they're going to do it, but I I really don't think that there's a rush to get the final coach right now. You know, you don't really uh, need him until March of next year. Yeah, you don't. So it's like, you know, you know, sit down interview because you know, this may be the first time where the federation actually does plan for an eight year process. Because because they're going to host it in in, in twenty uh, twenty six, 
So rather than looking at four terms, because normally when they interview, they're interviewing for four, for four years and stuff like that. So I think, I, I think that they're going to, that, uh, I don't think we're going to see a coach for a while. Like, you know, you know, I, I know that they're going to use Stuka and stuff like that, but I don't know. I, I'd like to, like I said, I don't, I don't think that Diego Alonso would be a bad choice. Um, it's sad. It's sad that Matias Almeida's, you know, finished the way he did at Chivas because I think that he probably would have been a strong candidate had he still been with Chivas. Um, and and I think people and I think the you know people some of the people in the federation would understand is that you know it's it's hard to manage Chivas because I mean obviously they jack up the prices for for them, and you know that's he did miracle man he 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 really did a good job with Chivas. I know Hoyle doesn't want to give him credit for it, but he he did. Miracle. Uh, what's that? Miracle. Yeah. You mean Almeida? Yeah, I'm sorry, Almeida. Yeah, Almeida. San Mati, San Mati, Joel, por favor. It's, 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 not, casa, it's not that I don't give him credit, but, you know, I, I like to call a spade a spade. Okay. And beat the best teams. He looked good because he beat a lot of the lesser teams, especially in Cup. So he would have, like, a five-game winning streak. Half of those were, like, Cup games against, like, you know, the, the second division Madero. Yeah, he, so he would rack up wins like that, and, and especially a lot of wins at home. But a big reason why Chivas went two tournaments with just one win at home was, was with Mati as a coach. That's a lot of games. I mean, did you, did, did you ever watch the movie uh, Half Baked when Sir Smoke a Lot says, "I understand"? Sir, what's this? Can we get that clip? I understand. <laughs> we'll see what I can do. Dad, did I, you do, watch I, that do one? I do. I do have a new one. I do have. I do. I do have a new one to debut. And we have uh-huh. to actually. We have to say. We do have to say good goodbye to uh, to this one because. Uh, our, our, our friend uh, uh, Honda for, uh, for is no longer with Pachuca. Although he played well when he was with Pachuca, and, and he had and he had a good World Cup. He, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think he scored. Uh, he scored in the in, in the game against Senegal. So uh, good for uh, for Honda. He's a good player. But and of course you've heard the new ones. But we did we did add this one today officially. Uh, when when it comes to some of the things that happened in Liga Mackies that let, let let let's be honest, just are. I'm shocked shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. You're winning, sir. Oh, thank you very much. Yes, sir. <laughs> let's. Uh, we we do have uh, that one. We, we are we are adding that one. So I, I I will retire. I will retire the. Uh... Ooh, that's loud. Uh... So so do you think do you think they're going to go with a European coach? Uh, well, according to reports that uh, the 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 the, the Profe Camarayas posted, uh, you know you know San Pauli right now appears to be the uh, at least the one who is the. Getting getting the good press. I hope not. I hope not. I was watching the Argentina Croatia match with uh, with Kit McConico, who we've had on the show to talk about Argentina in the past. It was the only World Cup game I saw outside of the house. Uh, oddly enough, uh, most of them I got to see here. But uh, I thought it was really funny the way San Paolo you know, takes off his coat in that game, and and he was down to his you know his really tight little black shirt and his pants and a. Uh, I was telling uh, the guy I was sitting next to, it would be hilarious if, like, the next time you see him on camera, he's wearing a 
you know, one of those singlets like the wrestlers wear, but Albi Celeste, you know, from the for Argentina, you know, ready to go, ready to go into on, on the field. They just, they just look, it just looked very. I guess, I guess y'all had to be there. But uh, see, I should play that clip, Ron, right now of that person saying, "Yeah, I understand," but uh, I understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm so. surprised. I'm surprised they didn't burn that dude's house in Argentina, man. San Pauli. I, yeah, I mean, that, was, uh, that was an ugly exit for them. That was as ugly as as they've. The, the, that was probably the worst World Cup exit they had since Maradona just uh, you know got the red card against Brazil. I mean, when when Maradona was coach, I mean, it was a four nothing slacking from Germany, and and honestly, I mean, Argentina was just bad. If he yeah. comes to Mexico, though, what's that? There's gonna be there's potential to be a lot of hate for him. Who due, for San Paoli due to what happened in Argentina? And just the way the history with like level been. Well, we we appear to have Mexicans a, will be. a handful of of Argentina fans on our panel. I. So. Not me. So Joel. <laughs> yes. San Pauli, good or bad for Mexico? Ah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think he cut some bad juju. You know, there's been criticism of the way he left Chile. And and uh, he's I didn't bad, see how he was. He's a bad breaker upper. Yeah, and I didn't see how he was doing at Sevilla. You know, the team was playing good, and then the, all the locker room problems. But you can't attribute all of that to him because he inherited a broken team. This in Argentina, they looked like Mexico. You know, with, with going through four coaches in one World Cup cycle. Was it that bad for Argentina? But, but here's 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 one of the things that I don't that I don't that bothers me about Sampaoli as the Mexican national coach. He threw a lot of the players uh, for Chile under the bus, you know, criticized them. Now, right or wrong, he may be in the right for you know, but you know, you know, talking about you know some of the players for Chile that they just you know they weren't very disciplined. Like you know, he was telling the story about about. You know, some of the players wanted to drink on the plane, and and you know he didn't want them to, and stuff like that. So it's it's like you know he, he I just didn't like the fact that he was criticizing. And I understand, I understand that you know that you know he was right for trying to instill discipline in them, but I I, I don't see the point of throwing them under the bus after the fact. Um, and also you know the fact that he he didn't seem to have control of the team, so it, it's like. Why would we want that type of coach? Uh, I, I just think there's just better options. You know? I do. Um, San Paulo is not a... I know that the uh, that, that Profe... Well, it's because Profe is a Bielcista. So he... Uh, anything having to do with uh, with his... One of his crushes, uh, Bielsa, he would be uh, he would be in favor of. D- Dan, with with Siboldi out of the picture now, is there anyone that you would uh, give the dead asso to at this point? Who's who's the leader in your clubhouse at this moment? I don't I don't have one to be honest with you. Um, I'm okay with waiting. Me too. I, I'm with Dan on that one. You know, it's got to be the right. You know. Guy and make sure he he, he can uh, last eight years. I don't like Tuca. I don't like Piojo. Um, 
uh, man, I just can't think of anybody who and and anybody who's young who's actually has any kind of decent resume that that that, that would warrant the position. So I, yeah, I, I I can't I can't think of anybody. As uh, as Ron pointed out tonight, uh, the, the the guy who 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 takes those boxes that you're describing right now, uh, Dan is uh, is is Diego Alonso, who was at. Uh, you know, he was a player for he was he played for Ugo at Pumas for for many years, yeah. and then with the coach at Pachuca, and you know we, we we you know we saw what he what he was able to do with 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 some planning you know with 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 uh, Pachuca. So he would probably be for for those characteristics would probably be the best choice. But uh, you know, a lot can happen between now and when they make the decision. Although, although the last couple of World Cup cycles where they've hired the coach after a World Cup. They didn't do it in 2014 because Bjorko was still the guy. Uh, they they made the pick in in either late October or or like by mid November that the, the decision has been made. And uh, at this point, I think you know if you're going to wait that long, you can. I mean, you know, you know, at least you know make sure that you're getting the right. Yeah, I mean, they haven't even named what they're going to do for the uh, for the for the friend the friendlies that are coming up. These friendlies are, are a month away, and they still haven't named uh, you know what what, what process. Or, or, or what, 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 not probably what process, but what they're going to do with uh, those games as far as naming a coach. And a couple of weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken, they said that that that, that they were hoping to bring in uh, Hans Westerhoff to, to do that, and then he would stay on at the federation. So it's not necessarily like an omenaka. They don't actually want to bring in somebody where it actually serves a purpose. I'd be okay with treating these couple of games as a farewell games for a lot of players. Yeah. Yeah, there's going to be a, a lot of uh, uh, changeover. A, a couple, any players in particular? Two I'm okay with uh, with all of them, man. Let's start new. I mean, not obviously not all of them, but the but like if if I didn't see Chicharito dress up again, I'd be all right with that. Um, I'd want to keep Raúl. I think he he still has a. Yeah, I, I mean, so does, Chich- so does Chicharito, but but I mean, I'm thinking like four years from now. I don't know if Chicharito will be there. I, I think Raúl will still will still have some juice left in four years' time, and that's what I'm thinking. Like, it's just thinking four and eight years ahead, and if if those players aren't realistically options, then then why drag it out? Let's just start giving uh, reps to 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 the ones who who may who may uh, who may be there in four years' time. I, I do believe that. Uh... You know, Raúl is the kind of player that has, a, you know, that, that can have a longer shelf life than Chicharito just because of the style that he plays. And and, and frankly, he did very well uh, because that game was on NBC here uh, in in, uh, in the states. His his uh, his, his opening game with uh, Wolver Wolves Wolverhampton, who make an appearance in a Monty Python skit, uh, by the way, but. Uh, Got the equalizer, and uh, you know the, 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 his his style of play, the fact that he's tall, the fact that he uh, is not a tronco by any means. I mean, he he is not clumsy with the ball at all. I mean, he's very skilled with the ball. Uh, I think that this is going to be his, uh, you know, this is going to be his time, and uh, he should be, you know, he he's at the age right now, kind of where where uh, where the you know players like the the, the Pelaises of the world started getting, you know, Oribe. Started getting really good, and I think he's a, a better, a better, taller version of Odibe. So he's. Uh... It's a great challenge for him. 
Yes. It's, a, it's a, like it's a ridiculously good um, opportunity because I think if he could, if he could stand out and 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 like I said, if he could really stand out at a club like that, um, that'll say a lot about about how you know about how how what kind of player he really is because I think you know I've always thought that he dude's a stud. Um, uh, maybe he wasn't getting all the opportunities at Benfica because, well, he you know he was playing with really good players, so it's not like it was just um, yeah. Well, the he position also, was handed to him. He also got in bad with with management. I'm sure that that did not help his uh, playing time situation either. In my, in yeah, my he opinion, he didn't really time. he didn't really show up a lot of times, even with the national team. He yeah, didn't, but he never, he didn't he never live really up. Got a chance, though. Well, and the chances he did, he didn't live up to the expectations. And I and I will say this: last game, he did score a goal. He had an opportunity he, that he was one on one with the keeper, and he sort of, uh, well, the keeper blocked it. But uh, I will say that they were playing against ten, ten players. Yeah, but it doesn't uh, matter. On that game. they're playing with ten players, but you know the the guy that was. I'm just saying. I just I would be cautious because he hasn't shown. I've expected a lot more than what he's shown. So hopefully he does end up resulting. But I've been waiting for a little while for him to. Well, to well do you're great. you're you're glossing over the fact that like in I'd say for at least two years in in games where they absolutely needed goals, he's come through plenty of times in Champions League even. Um, I, I think he's that's that's why I think like I think dude dude has a stomach for 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 the big games. Um, I I just maybe he he hasn't he maybe it's maybe it's maybe I'm I'm, I'm overlooking the fact that he was never able to secure a starting spot at Benfica, but but I he did though, be, and they were and, and they were going to sell him to some team in China for fifty million dollars, you know, which is great business for Benfica, but. But I was like, I don't want to go to China, and the you know the deal fell through because because they they do have a choice over there to whether they want to go or not, and you know they didn't Benfica did not sign Raúl Jiménez to play for five years at Benfica. They signed Raúl Jiménez to sell him for fifty million dollars to a team that makes an offer. Yeah, they so, they, so and that, they that still totally did. soured their relationship, and it just I mean it was he never got the same opportunities he got after that. I mean it was, this is a loan. Though right that he's on, so they could still potentially make some money off him if he if he does have a good season, which right. I'm sure well, they're he, hoping for. He's, he's part of the, the kind of Actually, super no, I think that this was a uh, this was a, a compra definitiva, wasn't it? Or is well, it? A... I think he's he has stock in that team, that, that Mendes guy. In in, in Wolves, hey, Beto, Raúl's one also one of the few Mexican players that does rabonas. So that's and, a plus. And did it by by sitting on the you know after sitting on the bench for three weeks. Yeah, yeah, that's a sweet ass play, dude. That's you know the, the guy he's willing to you know try things on the field. You know he's willing to experiment. That's like all that. you can ask for. Is this maybe Chicharito like has been has, has taken the 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 starting role, and with him out of the way, Raúl Jiménez will get more time on the national team and, and show off his skills a little bit more. Because he has, I remember even his his uh, bicycle kick. Chicharito was pretty much just at his at at his feet, bowing at him when he when he scored that goal against Panama. Yeah, I I, I think I think Raúl, I think he's a, a a better football player than Chicharito in, in terms of uh, ability. Um, 
I, yeah, I but what, what, has, that... what has been shown, though, is Chicharito is more clutch in scoring actual goals. But it also, ha- but, but it also happens to have, and Chicharito, you know, you can tell when a coach wants you and when a coach doesn't want you. You know, like, you know, Ferguson wanted Chicharito. You know, and then you can tell, like, over there in, in Leverkusen, you know, the coach wanted Chicharito, not so much, you know, when you know when he was with the Moyes and stuff like that. So I, I, I think that, I mean, that that's kind of hurt a lot of the Mexican players in Europe. You know, uh, you can tell, you know, you can tell when, like, you know, the, the teams like you know PSV Eindhoven, they like, you know, the, the Mexican players that they sign, and and they've done really well for them. You know, going back from, you know, going back to to, to Massa and, and 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 Salcido and all those guys, you know. Um, so I mean that that also that also matters, you know. I mean, I mean they can't. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, you know, Hugo Sanchez is an exception. It's like you know when you went and the coach didn't watch you. I mean, he he had to prove it. You know, had to prove it to the coach that he was better. Uh, but I mean, I still think though the adversity that that these players are getting because they'd be undisputed starters if they were playing in in, in Mexico. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think there's something to that, though. You know, to, to see what see what they're made out of. You know, I think it's okay that that a player does isn't a starter every single week, but if he's battling throughout the season and and going through a run of games where he is a starter, then I I think that's pretty acceptable. I mean, these are really good leagues with teams that are really stacked with a lot of good players. So if if you're not really sharpening on your game, then you're not going to play. I also. It's also I, the fact that they're they're uh, these are Mexican players we're talking about in Europe, and uh, you have to prove yourself even even more than the normal player. Take for example Navas, who gets pushed to the side for uh, for Courtois. That's, that's, that's a prime. That's, for, that's, that's a prime for ex- no reason. For no reason. So that's a prime example. Uh, it's just the Americas. It's Central America, Mexico. Now, if, if uh, Navas was Argentinian, Brazilian, then there would be another another story. That that was a shame what they did to Navas, what they've done to Navas. But is he is he still on the team? Uh, to my knowledge, yes. Yeah, he 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 took a goal. He played just uh, when was it? I think this week he played or last week, and he uh, he got scored on pretty easily. With, oh, well, they the lost to Atletico. Yeah, for the, yeah, the Super Copa. Yeah, Super Copa. Although that goal he got scored on was no one was going to stop that. That was a bullet from Diego Costa. So I, I, I've been hating on Navas, but I, I see the uh, I see the the difficulties that uh, Costa Rican or a Mexican will have against like a Belgian or a European player. But that's well, that's the like, struggle. I don't, I don't think it, it, I don't. I personally don't think. I don't, at least recently, I don't think Mexican players have gotten shortchanged. I think the ones who struggle to find minutes is because they're struggling. I'll give you and an example. I've seen them on the national team struggle. So, like, it doesn't surprise me that a lot of these guys, like, is very hot and cold. He's a streaky player. When he's hot, when he's on, you know, he, he he's going to give you goals. He's going to create chances. Well, I'll give you an example that, that goes against... A lot of, he's just a complete liability. Well, let me give you an example that sort of goes against what you're saying, because you're actually a little bit agreeing with what I tweeted recently, and people are sort of laughing at me. Uh, Memo Choa, <laughs> the, great, the, great, the great World Cup that he had, two World Cups, I, I guess, two that he had, and, uh, and, and look what, what, where that got him. And I called him, you know, maybe it's overrated. Maybe, everyone's blaming the agent, and 
and the EU passport and all this, but uh, maybe he's overrated. Maybe, well, no, that's uh, it right there. The EU passport is everything. Well, you well, said why? this in the past. You've explained in the past how goalkeepers aren't that important. I think on some level you're right. Um, you know, when, when, when push comes to shove and you have a couple of very like precious spots for, for, uh, for a foreigner – you're not gonna spend. You're not gonna waste it on a goalkeeper right. when you can find an adequate replacement. Maybe not as good as Memo, but an adequate replacement for much cheaper, and you can you can use that 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 precious spot for a striker or, or a midfielder. You know, honestly, I, I think the one that personally, and this is my personal opinion, the one that 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 I think screwed you know screwed Memo over more so than his agent, or you know. Uh, was Javier Aguirre because the 2010 World Cup was was for him. And I guarantee you, if he would have started and he would have gone to the World Cup, he would have he would have gone to Europe uh, sooner, and he'd probably and he'd probably be with a better you know with a better club. But but, but also uh, Ron, yeah. if you would have stayed in the Hasio mm-hmm. or just in France for another year, he would have gotten uh, a EU passport. Doesn't he, he already have it? No, he doesn't. No, that, that's what that's, that's right, what's yeah. stringing him. Yeah, well, yeah to me that's he, the number one issue. He had a chance if he would have stayed in France, but he went to Spain. And he's been there seven and, years, and, and he and, and he hasn't been able to. And that's what, he, what messed him up in Spain. He didn't even play, and he was so just right. That's why. I, that's why I blame the the agent and yeah. himself. Where I'm because with, that's like, dude, just. Like I know it's uh, it may be humiliating from going to El Más Grande to Mexico of Mexico to us maybe uh to, and then going from uh going yes, to, yeah, then being relegated. Did you see his house in in, uh, in Corsica? I don't think he minded at all. So okay, so why not hang out there in the second division for a year, or even two if it means that you're going to get that 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 yeah. that passport that just you could walk in anywhere and. If they like you, if they want you, then that's it. No, you don't have any I, other issue. I'm with you, Dan. He would have had offers. He would have certainly had more offers than than Napoli trying to shortchange him, you know, pay him peanuts. Well, just all of these teams, all of these teams that have that have gotten him, like you just shake your head. But even his entire European career is just one big, just like massive shake of the head. Like, like I can't believe this is where you're playing, dude. But, but take for example even Malaga. He he is he was at Malaga and he didn't get the starting role to Kameni, who didn't have two great World Cups like he did. So obviously a coach I don't know if the coach just didn't like him or, or like or preferred the Kameni. The coach in Malaga was, was Cameroonian like 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 Kameni. Hello. I'm not sure what just happened there. Yeah, I got disconnected. Hello? Yeah, everyone's I got back. booted. That's everyone else booted as well. Everyone else got booted. I'm not sure what happened there, but we're all back and still broadcasting. Hold on. Oh. Okay, we'll come back. Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to mention something. I, I think, you know, we must not forget that it's a business, and there's a big business in the whole player transfer, you know, selling and, and placing players and all that. And and I think that that's, that's has been one of the hindrances for some of these players. Uh, so it depends who, who who you have, you know, that that could get you good, 
good contracts. So, I mean, Jimenez is a good example. He went to Atletico. He didn't make it. You know, the average Mexican player, you don't make it the first time. You're back in Mexico six months later. But they sent him to Porto, and then they didn't want him. But now he's, he's in the Premier League. He keeps getting chances with good teams or in good leagues. And 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 I feel his agent is a big a big part of that. So what's well, your reasoning about the like? What do you? I guess what's? What do you think that it is is to blame with with Memo? He's just not good enough, or the Jerry curls, or the fact that he's Mexican. <laughs> people don't like people with Jerry curls. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> He's got the beautiful hair, though. I'm not gonna lie. I think it's a little bit of everything. Stylish headband. I think the. Uh, sorry, I mean, even you said it. Uh, the goalkeeper is, you know, may not be the most important player on the on the field. So you could deal with, you know, another player, or maybe you have your preferred goalkeeper being someone else. And well, I mean, the reality is, is 80 percent of his problem is the fact that he doesn't have the EU passport. So, so yeah, you guys. I mean, and there was there were even offers. There were even offers in not just in Ajaccio, but 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 in France that Toulouse had an offer, so he could have stayed in league in league uh, and gotten his his EU passport, and then he could have gone anywhere. Uh, yeah, that's the stupidest thing he did, you know, go to Malaga without yeah. even being sure. You know, at least talking to the coach. That's probably like my main gripe. You know, well, even with well, Alani's going over he there, he did it and, twice though too. He even in Spain, like you're already there. Just wait it out, man. Right. Like if your dream is to play in, in, in Europe, and you really and you legitimately want to play like on a top team, then then do what you got to do, man. Just you know, get that passport. I, it just boggles the mind. Isn't the root cause the agent though? Shouldn't the agent be helping him to to make those decisions? Well, I mean, ultimately, yes, uh, I blame both of them. It, 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 yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just it's just you know, the, the, there are so many players. Uh, and, and and it's not just Mexico. The, 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 you see, where yeah. where where bad decisions at at certain points in their career have 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 defined their careers. And I think we've seen these guys now for the last ten. So I don't think that my memos necessarily had a bad career, but but I think he could have had a better career. And uh, you know he he played well at Ajacho, You know and they you know Malaga not so much, and they like him. At, although I would I, I really do wish that they would have you know he wears number eight in in. in, in in Liège, but they should put a little A next to it, so it says Ochoa. That's his name, Ochoa. Anyway. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, but then you see a player like Giovanni, who just has made, you know, the career moves he's made were just, you know, uh, other than going to Villarreal, where I think he actually, you know, he played pretty decently for, for a couple of years. And, uh, you know, outside of that, I mean, he had, he, he his his career was was completely wasted, you know, the, the, with the potential that he had. Because of the decisions that he made, and at the, you know, and, and when when those decisions were made, it's just just uh, you know, Chicharito on the other hand, you know, got got very lucky. You know, Chicharito, you know, went about it a different way, and 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 and, and then took advantage of what he had. And you guys pointed out, you know, Sir Alex loved him because he told Chicharito, you know, crash the six yard box, and Chicharito crashed the six yard box, and you know, Manchester United is a kind of team that is going to. You know, put those balls on a platter for him, and he put them away, and he took him to the Champions League final. That's pretty good. You know, I think unfortunately for Chicharito, I think he, that uh, you know that, that, that those 
two years there, I think, were his best. And then he, you know, he hasn't been the same since. And, uh, and then, and then there's nothing wrong with that. You know, he, 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 he peaked, he, you know, and, and now he's on the downside and it's, uh, it's going to be a little harder for him. He's not as fast as he used to be. He can still get open though. And then, and then that, that's, what's amazing about him. So. Yeah. And there's this Brazilian, uh, John, I think you watched the game with, uh, Jimenez and Wolves. Who did they play? Anyway, Everton, they, they had so a, Everton. Everton. They had a Brazilian. Signed. Yeah, they just signed like 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 they did like fifty million. Fifty million dollar Brazilian. Like, like, like yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I never heard of the dude, and and he scored two goals, I think, or one. No, actually, he scored. Well, he scored one of them at least. And uh, and the dude is hot, man. No, I mean I, 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 Everton's going to be a good team. That was that was that was uh, Jimenez had a. You know, Wolves are gonna. You know, they're not gonna win the Premier League, but you know, they need every point they can get, and uh, that that was good for them. Ron, are you gonna? No, no, no. Okay. He was beeping. Yeah, he was definitely beeping. So that's the, the carbon monoxide there, Ron. Yep. Yeah. Or is it your ankle? Is it or, or is it your ankle bracelet? That too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, gentlemen, I think it's uh, probably time for us to uh, to, to wrap it up here. I know it's uh, it's been a while since we've all all been on, so I do appreciate everybody uh, uh, taking making the time to uh, come on. And I hope that our audience uh, enjoyed the interview we had with uh, with uh, Michel Richaud that we had a little earlier. That was uh, that was very entertaining, very informative, uh, and uh, a good guy to have on. And we are we'll uh, be sure to have him on. Have him on again. We wish him the best of luck. Uh, uh, hopefully, he will. Uh, you know, me, me thinks, uh, ho, uh, guys, that, that if he said, uh, if he says, you know, what ends up happening, if this Leano guy ends up being the coach for 2026, have a feeling that uh, that, that Michel might be part of that uh, that process there with uh, with him. So we'll see how that how how that plays. So that that that'll that, that'll give us then 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 a lot of uh, a lot a lot of good inside access. You know, we could be the uh, La, la, la Sombra del Tri, you know, here at the at the Cantina Mekis podcast. So you guys will have to tune in for that as it uh, as it happens. Ron, you've picked America. You don't, you don't, you know, you don't. You, you, I think that's the first time you've done it on the podcast. We'll have to see how that plays out. I mean, let's, uh, you know, they're they're certainly a candidate. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm sure that uh, you would you would like to see them win again. I think the rest of us would rather would rather not. Yes. So, uh, thanks for joining us, Ron. I really appreciate it. Yep, good to have you guys. Joel, is it? But before we go, is, is it? Uh, is is it time for the? Uh... He dropped off. Joel dropped off. Oh man, I was going to ask I think him. So, is, is it? Is it? Is 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 it still time to to get off the boat, or is you uh, still have to hang off the side? But he's dropped off, so he won't be able to say anything. Dan Santos, I think. Uh, I, yeah, I think that there's there's still going to be a playoff team, and I think that they, uh, you know, that they could certainly be a dark horse as long as the team remains a team. I'm surprised. I thought they'd be leaking goals, but um, yeah, they they don't seem to have missed uh, too much, even with the coach and even with the with the turnover of players. So, yeah, I'm happy. Hopefully, uh, hopefully things will uh, will work out. And Chiquis, I don't even know what to say. I mean, this is the second. Uh, 
tournament in a row where Pumas has started off with their hair on fire. I, I don't know if it's going to, you know, how long it's going to last. But this team, uh, you know, at least, you know, when you were watching last year, thinking, man, you, you're saying to yourself, there's no way this is going to last because they were just, you know, give up the ball so easily and, and, uh, you know, you know, the other teams would, 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 would make very deep probing and occasionally successful runs, but, but I'm, I'm not seeing as much of that. And it seems like Pumas just has a little bit more confidence. There's a couple of players that actually can do stuff and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's exciting. You know, you know, there's actually, I actually get excited watching a Pumas game instead of, you know, cringe at the thought that they, uh, you know, might get blasted. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking they're 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 lasting a little bit longer than I expected, or I didn't even expect this this good a start. But they're they're lasting a little bit. But I think with this tie against Pachuca, who's in last place, right? Uh, they might be plateauing, and then they got Monterrey coming up this weekend. Yeah, this will definitely be the uh, the barometer if 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 they can uh, manage to squeeze out some points out of this one. I think that you know that that'll that'll, that'll give people. You know, as Ron said earlier, you know, his his eyebrows are three quarters raised. I think that that would probably start raising the eyebrows for Puma because I don't think I don't think I don't think Puma's fans' eyebrows are raised at all, <laughs> even with the ten points. Yeah, I'm squinting. I'm squinting through all this. Yeah. So we'll see what happens this weekend. And you're, you're giving it the uh, the, the and incredulous dad look. What? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Skeptical. We'll, we'll see how that. Uh, that works out well again uh, we do thank everyone for joining us here in the cantina mexico podcast I want to thank michel richaud for joining us from uh, mexico city um, he was the uh, former sporting director Zacatepec, uh last season uh, told us about their their run to the uh the copa mekis final uh very exciting stuff so we do appreciate uh, uh him coming on the show and appreciate y'all listening appreciate uh, joel aceves joining us as well as juan uribe and uh, Ron de Luna, Albert El Chiquis Campa, and Daniel Presado joining us. Uh, my name is John Jagu. We will talk to you guys again next week, as we do uh, always at 9.30 here Central Time on our YouTube channel. And please, uh, you can follow us on Twitter. You can like us on Facebook. Uh, we actually do real well on Facebook. And uh, you can uh, download this podcast from iTunes as well as Google Play. So please, if you want to if you like this show, if you listen to it for the first time, say, hey, this is a show that I can listen to when when I have a, a three-hour drive, then uh, this is uh, this is certainly the show for you. Uh, again, uh, my name is John Jagu. Uh, for everyone that was on the show, thank you. And, and for all of y'all that are listening, we do appreciate y'all giving us a listen. We'll talk to you guys next week.